Welcome to the 86th episode of the Nerdum and Other Nonsense Anime Podcast. Today, we are covering the 10th week of the winter 2019 anime season. As always, we include timestamps in the description of the YouTube video and podcast feed if you only want to hear about one or two specific shows, since we're going to spoil a lot of shit. My name is BCOM, and I keep having this recurring dream where I'm born with no limbs. Oh, shit. But I have this really attractive stepsister that takes care of me, and she lets me touch her Kaburi <laughs> <laughs> also, you're cat and Leo. <laughs> you're dirty, dirty man, Leo. Oh, dirty. <laughs> let, let me touch your memory leaf, Onechan. Let, let me touch your special place. Oh God, that's now you know why I reacted before we started. You said I didn't even read this yet, but I'm gonna just roll with it. I was like, oh shit. That <laughs> was like better than I thought it would be. <laughs> it, was all right. it was pretty good. Yeah, that was good oh. stuff. Uh, yeah, catch my breath again. <laughs> How are you guys doing? What nonsense have you guys gotten up to? Well, okay, no, Leo has to go first. Okay. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I, I guess my uh, note is just vague enough to get your attention. But remember... No, we- I, 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 when you tell me trachea... Okay, no, you, you're going to have to tell. Just so go. when we watched JoJo last episode, you brought up... You asked me if it's true that you can breathe like that. You know, with the yeah. pain in the neck. Okay, yeah, oh, no, it's, it's a total... It's a 100%. It's called a tracheotomy. And it's just where they cut an opening into your trachea, which is your windpipe. And it's sort of tube so you can breathe. And I told you about the guy at work who I was, I had never asked him about it before, but I was pretty sure that's what that scar was. And I did ask him about it and I wasn't rude about it. And he was actually kind of, he was actually kind of got sort of excited to tell me this story. And there's a good reason why. So yes, he did have a tracheotomy because he had complications from a surgery and he was having surgery because he was 14 years old and he had a tumor on the back of his brain. Whoa. Yeah. So like even, and he said he, and he said there was like lots of other complications because of, you know, that's a pretty big deal. But like, I was like, so did they actually have the uggos? Oh yeah. They had to remove my skull to get to and everything. He said, he's like, I only got lucky in one aspect because it was on the outside of the brain because Sometimes it can be kind of deep down in there. So he said it was fairly easy for him to get it all out of there. Oh, shit. So that, that's why he had that, that tracheotomy during wow. that uh, procedure. And I was like, Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 14. Nuts. And being 14, Jesus. Yeah, it's so early for that to happen. But hey, it happens. It yeah. Is, does he get like the, to make the joke about like, do you want to know how I have the scar? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's never brought it up or anything like that. No, but it. It's interesting because I think he's totally fully functional human being, but he's always just kind of been a a little bit slow, but totally capable of doing everything I can. Mm -hmm. So I think that might have stemmed from it a little bit, but other than that, he's he's cool, dude. Okay. Yeah, that was that was. You never know. You never know what fucking people have been through. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. People surprise you. Uh, Cat, you want to go next or me? Uh. You go ahead, be calm. All right, so I finished the video game uh, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Um, I wanted to give up so many different times. Like, that game is really, really, really hard at specific points, especially before you have, like, really upgraded, because, like, the only way you get stronger is by defeating bosses, uh, or at least the main way you get really strong. And so if you can't get by certain bosses, like big ones, especially like midway through the game, 
like you're just screwed and you can't get any better. And so it took a while to like really connect with the game and understand like it's kind of like a rhythm game more than anything. Because instead of like notes flying at the screen, it's basically like people trying to hit you with attacks and you want to parry them in time. Uh, so it's really a rhythm game when it all comes down to it. <laughs> um, and so once I kind of like clicked with that and realized like how powerful like parrying attacks was with like the rhythm of the the game, like you mm-hmm. ju- it just clicked in my head and like I flew through the rest of the game basically. Uh, oh, because even, because yeah. you busted out your floor dance pad and just Hell mapped the buttons yeah. to it. <laughs> Played it with a DDR dance pad, hot-wired it to my Xbox One. <laughs> That'd be pretty sweet, actually. I'd love to see somebody actually do that. I think that's probably like a Twitch stream already. Do you um, have a an Xbox One or a One X? One X, yeah. Okay. I, I could hook up like a, a rock band drum set. See. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's like a legitimate way to play the game. Uh, also, musical thing I did was I watched uh, Bohemian Rhapsody finally. Um, okay, like I still the, haven't seen that. Yeah, the Queen like biopic slash movie. Um, that was really good. Um, really, really good movie. I see why it won like best editing at the Oscars. Um, they make really good use of that music, and I learned a lot about Freddie Mercury that I didn't know. Uh, the the movie definitely takes a bunch of artistic license with like the time, like I don't know the timeline of his life and when things happened, and some people took a lot of issue with that, but it makes for like a really dramatic finish to that movie. Uh, I would definitely recommend watching that because like I watched the movie and then immediately went and watched like the live video of some of the concerts that they covered in the movie on YouTube and was like, damn, this is freaking amazing, just great performances. Uh, staying on that kick, uh, The Dirt has been out for a while on yeah. Netflix, and that's the Motley Crue one. And mm-hmm. we, you guys need to watch that, and then like maybe on Radicals, we sit down and talk about that, because I can tell you the stuff that they left out from the book or kind of dimmed down on mm-hmm. in things they actually pretty much just went word for word on. Because like in that one, they do a side-by-side of the concerts. and. Yeah. They're like, they're exactly the same. That's towards the end. But like Ozzy Osbourne's in it. And that scene is 100% exactly what they'd said in the book. And it is super messed up. I don't want to ruin it for anybody. <laughs> watch, just go watch The Dirt. It is amazing. Wasn't, it a, wasn't there like a tour where Motley Crue toured with a bunch of other bands and like they all got so high that someone like snorted a row of ants on the ground? <laughs> that was Ozzy. That, that's what I thought. And I was like, that's not okay there's even more he goes he gets maybe a little bit worse after that but i don't want to ruin the movie for no yeah i just remember listening to my friend explain that at like excitedly to me like and he knelt on the ground and he snorted the line of ants and i was like this is exciting how (laughs) it's it's it it's so funny like you watch this and like you could almost say this is all so much like edge and you just do no they were just absolute savages and so out of their mind on drugs that just like oh no they, nothing they was impossible to, to them like they they all just uh, wanted they, uh, to be uh, out of their mind yeah, a couple until the of day them they did died. die a couple times <laughs> yeah no that's uh, legit yeah uh, no they, they weren't fucking around they weren't trying to be edgy they just no. they just wanted to basically just be high until they weren't no but i'd love to discuss that sometime but then also i just want to say borderlands 3 got announced it's coming out september 10th something like that yeah 
Epic Game Store exclusive on PC. early early September. Yeah, and that's so much hype for that. Except for Kotaku, I don't know what's wrong with them. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kotaku's always got to spoil everything. Huh? Actually, yeah. Kotaku wrote an amazing story about the development of Anthem and how it went wrong this week. So, mm-hmm. um, Otaku, or sorry, Kotaku's okay in my book right now. They they're doing pretty good. They, they gave Jason me a Schreier. bad article and they gave me a good article. Like, Damn it. <laughs> I also will say, Leo, um, Ichigo Fields from the Discord, um, she told me to watch The Dirt when I was like raving about Bohemian Rhapsody also because she loves that movie too and that okay. book. So, yeah, I just, you could, you could definitely talk about it with her if you ever want to uh, uh, hit yeah. her up have to hit her up then because i loved the book and i watched the movie twice already <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, uh what about Kat, you, what's up for you yeah you got news okay well okay first of all i heard today that they're making a live action cowboy bebop mm. announced yeah. by netflix so i had known that they were making it but today they announced casting stuff yeah yeah they like i need to get a i feel like i had this wonderful article that had like Every single one of the people cast in it. Well, I know John Cho is playing Spike, who is like from Harold and Kumar. <laughs> I don't Harold. know. <laughs> Dude, I don't know about that casting. That one's just, I like. I really need to sit down and like do a deep dive in my own brain if I like that or not. I think I actually really liked that because I've seen him in some roles since then, and he's good at playing like a dramatic character too. But what people forget about Spike is that he's just goofy as shit half the time, and like half the time, Cowboy Bebop is like a comedy series, like really. Yeah. And then the other half, it's like this super serious dramatic action. Um, so you yeah. kind of need somebody who can do both. And I think so, yeah, he'll I be good. Yeah. My, my other concern. Hot. So <laughs> okay. it'll be fine. So, also, they've got, okay, I've got the whole list now. Mustafa Shakir as Jet. That guy looks like like a perfect Jet. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't yeah, he cast could totally that better. Off. Yeah. D- Daniela P- Pineda as Faye, which she's hot as fuck. Yeah, I, she's hot. I, I will say, like, I immediately Google image searched her and I was like, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> right, she's hot. <laughs> I wish there was a porn of her. That was one of the things about like whoever's going to cast as Faye. I was like, they need to be a little bit of like a maybe a sex symbol or somebody they can really sex up. And I, when I found out it was her, I was like, oh, this is perfect. Yeah, she's great. She looks like she may be drunk or just really sexy. (laughs) (laughs) Or both. Um, Alex Hassel is vicious. That guy looks like he could play vicious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think I think they've got it down. But go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying they just haven't cast anyone for Ed yet. And then I saw like Icy Rose uh, from Twitter and Discord talking about how like maybe they'll just uh, drop Ed from the series, which I thought I thought about it. And I was like, you know, maybe that's a choice that they'll make because like Ed is such a weird freaking character. And like it would be really hard to translate Ed to like a live action series. So I wonder if they'll just cower on Ed and just like, you know, say like, all right, we're not doing Ed. We'll do everything else. But maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Man, now maybe they're just that, still finding somebody. That could be a possibility. It's possible, but okay, maybe okay. they're just waiting. This is Ein going to be a real dog or CGI? <laughs> I really want it to be a real dog. <laughs> I, it, I think it'll be cuter if it's a real dog. Yeah, for sure. Like, but, but yeah, also one of my, I saw this, article the other day about the one punch man's challenge and immediately i started talking with a couple of my friends oh, about God. it and how crazy it is have you seen like the guy I, who recently did this and he he went from looking like pudgy to like 
like a bodybuilder in no, 30 days or I did not the see fuck. this. You should look this up. It's I've like, looked it up. Someone, else, someone did it like a couple years ago, but then someone else did it like a, like a couple weeks ago. And I think that's what's circulating so much right now. <laughs> and so I talked with one of my friends about it and he was like, yeah, we should do it together. It would be awesome. And I was like, yeah, but that would require me to run. Like, <laughs> and I don't like running. I don't fuck that. And then I was talking to one of my friends from college about it, and she loves to run. She's a track person. She's she's like avid. She tried to get me into it in college, and I was like, fuck no. <laughs> and basically bailed on her. And she's like, oh, but you'd never do it because you can't stand to run, and you couldn't do it for 30 days because it's supposed to be like you do it for 30 days and you run for like 10 kilometers a day Oof. and you like do the, well, all the other stuff I can do that. But like, that's the hard part. I think the and, running's the hardest part. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, 10 and, kilometers is 6.2 miles. If you oh, I know. I looked wondering. it up. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. But no, but like the listeners are probably wondering. <laughs> yeah. It's like six miles. It's ridiculous. Um, and she was like, you can't do it. You couldn't do it if you tried. And of course, like, I'm aware that she's baiting me because she knows how fucking stubborn I am. But I was like, I can so do it. I just don't want to do it. And like we got in this big fight and she's like, oh, yeah, prove it. And so now we're like betting $100 on whether or not I can do this for 30 days. I so would we'll ask for more than $100 to do it. Well, I, think, I think it's more about the principle of like sure. her having to, to get up and be like, I was wrong. You did it. And like, look me in the face and give me that money, and then watch me like buy these like foo foo drinks that she hates, <laughs> and like watch me drink that hundred dollars in foo foo drinks over the course of a night. Nice. I think it's more about that. So you're gonna so get I'll probably buy like in shape for the next thirty days. Yeah, and then I'm gonna drink as many watermelon margaritas <laughs> as that will buy me in front of her while she makes this face like ew. <laughs> beautiful this, what's all of those. what's really funny is about this uh the way cat worded it in our conversation earlier i was like at work or the podcast about something so if we can cat you want to read this real quick because it's fucking hilarious oh. so just go <laughs> just scroll back up to where i said everybody's still good to record today and then we can just oh, go yeah and i was like yep like mini exclamation <laughs> yeah, points and I go, or something it's too early to be that excited tone it down you know <laughs> you know like funky weird face <laughs> yeah hold on let me scroll back the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> yeah where was this oh i'm looking i'm scrolling oh no. yeah and i was like oh, I i'm planning it. to make someone eat their own words spite makes me very awake which and it does i immediately go at work or the podcast because i was like <laughs> what the fuck did i say something oh he he acted like oh fuck do i have to go into the witness <laughs> protection program where the fuck do i need to hide is the zombie apocalypse coming? Or did like, that's the way Leo hopefully reacted? Hopefully, it was Become that said something. <laughs> 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 but that was a funny conversation. And then just later on, I told her, I was like, "Man, do you really want to go hard bringing up on the podcast? You know, Become and I will give you shit if you don't do this." <laughs> <laughs> well, I think just the idea of making her watch me drink, like she she's like one of those people who's so obsessed with craft beer, and she only drinks beer. Okay, and so me. Me drinking like fruity things in front of her, like her knowing that each of those drinks is like 300 calories and I'm <laughs> drinking all of them and she paid for all of them and they're That's filled awesome. with sugar. Oh, man. Torture her soul. Ooh, we should get things started. That was a long intro. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> oh, it's fine. We had fun.
Oh. <laughs> Alright, Kat, tell us about episode 10 of Mob Psycho 100. Okay, so it sucked ass. It did. So, <laughs> Mob Psycho uh, second season, it was great. And then they had to go into this final boss fight, which is bad. Yeah. Um, My big problem with this episode is it just felt like they were floundering around and nothing of importance happened at all. Like, no, I I could not care less about this episode. Like, okay, I think they it's almost like they concocted this final boss, which is this terrorist organization filled with espers. And he's not interesting. Like, the terrorist leader is, like, not an interesting no, boss. Like, none yeah. of them are interesting. It doesn't make any sense. I couldn't care less about why they're doing this. They're not even fleshed I, out in the slightest. <laughs> and no, I think that's, like, part like, of the joke that they're not fleshed out, but it's just not a very interesting joke. <laughs> it, it's not it's just it's almost like they got to the end of the series they solved this big conflict with ray and mob right and that was amazing mm-hmm. and then they were like oh we have four more episodes or something what are we gonna do oh let's concoct some bullshit final boss that we can get rid of easily by not fleshing them out very much mm-hmm and that's what they've done, which is disappointing because Mob Psycho is a good series. Like, why are you fucking it up like this? Basically, it's how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, boo. <laughs> we, we, boo we boo things that do this boo. on this podcast. Boo. Okay. <laughs> so can you tell I've been eating uh, chocolate covered espresso beans? Oh, my I God. I think you can. Uh. Yes. <laughs> oh, you love it. Okay. So basically the dudes are in the big building and they have this stupid conversation about how the boss chose this building because he loves the omelet rice that they serve there <laughs> because it's made with four eggs or some bullshit. This is I'm a just recurring like, joke from like the last episode too, I believe. Oh, really? I, I yeah. think I remember that. And I was just thinking like, is there some poor employee that's stuck in this building that's like terrified in the corner of the kitchen making omelet rice for these people like <laughs> yeah maybe that poor person um and then like an at some point an anti-terrorist squad comes and they're like you better get out of that building sonny is because like we're coming in and the espers are like well try it and like whoop their butt basically mm-hmm. um while ray and some of the espers that are on like mob side kind of hang out and watch this occur and Ray gets a call from his uh, insurance that, like, apparently his office building is not going to be covered. Yeah. And then Ray is pissed, and he's like, we're going to fight. <laughs> and, and they all are like, oh, okay, we're going to follow you for some reason, which makes no sense, because you're not an esper, but whatever. Is he's like, I'm going to drag the, like, the arsonist over to the insurance office and prove that they did this, so the insurance yeah. will cover it. That was, like, the <laughs> one funny thing of this episode. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's relatable as an adult. Like, mm-hmm. fucking, you pay all this money for insurance. It never covers you when you actually need it. Yeah. It's all a scam. That's what you find out when you're an adult. Everything's a scam. I will say car anyway. insurance has covered my ass a couple times. Like car insurance is good to get, but some other insurance is BS. Yeah. It's all everything is a fight. Yeah. When you're an adult. Stay a child as long as possible. <laughs> Hide in your basement. When you get <laughs> 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 such inspiring <laughs> words from cats. Oh, you teenagers. <laughs> 
Don't don't go out there. Don't go to college. Mooch off your parents. Hide in as your long mother's basement. Don't don't just trust us. It's not good when you finally have to go out there. Uh, apparently, it can be very successful from your uh, successful from your mother's basement on YouTube talking about <laughs> oh. anime. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so Ray and the gang are like, let's go fight someone. They come across this plant dude. They start trying to fight him. Another group of them like float a bunch of police cars in the air, and I couldn't really figure out why. I guess it's a distraction. Yeah, it was a distraction. And I'm like, this is dumb. And then there's like this guy in an African robe that's drawn really strangely, and he just appears in the building with everyone and is like, I can help you. And I'm like, have they introduced this man? (laughs) Who is this man? I don't even remember this happening. Why is he helping them? What? I don't know. And and then and the rest of them are like, okay, and he helps them. And there's no introduction of like who he is or what his name is. Just African robe guy comes to save the day, I guess. What a guy. I, you gotta at least tell me who people fucking are. Like I mean, maybe they did last episode, maybe, but like they introduced know. so many people at once that it would be easy to for, to miss. So I don't know. You know, a nuclear explosion could happen in this show right now, <laughs> and everyone would could die, and I just would not care that much. And that's that says something Jesus. about how fu- how much they fucked up this show with these couple episodes. Um, it's just chaos. So Ray decides he's going to take on the psychics by himself slings unconscious mob over his shoulder at some point <laughs> and takes some like knockout spray of some sort i don't know what's in that it was i don't know uh, he got it from one of the the other guys in scar or whatever and um it has to be illegal it's like <laughs> yeah it's like really a date form. rape in a in a pepper spray can basically Pretty date rape much. drugs in a pepper spray can and he just sprays a bunch of them and they all pass out. And he's like, that's how you get things done. Because I'm Ray. <laughs> well, Ray does feel like the kind of guy I think would have a spare bottle of chloroform in his cabinet or something. His- <laughs> <laughs> For special occasions. Oh, yeah, and, and so then the one guy like wakes back up, though, because he's too big and hulky t- for that to affect him. And Ray's like, oh, shit. Um and this this Hulk dude, and I'm gonna refer to him as Hulk dude because, sure. in my opinion, he looks like the Hulk. Yeah, I mean, like big um, purple Hulk or red and yeah. purple lips Hulk. Yeah, purple purple Hulk. He he showed so up he in goes, the wrong anime. He was supposed to be in JoJo. <laughs> or um oh the the one we covered with with uh time stopped. Oh, Kokoku. Kokoku. Yep. The guy from Kokoku escaped. And he, he went into this anime now. <laughs> uh, apparently. So he, he like goes to punch Mob, this Hulk guy. And Mob goes into what I call hopping zombie mode. Because don't you think when Mob gets possessed by Dimple, he looks like one of those hopping zombies? Like one of those Chinese, yeah, Chinese hopping, hopping zombies? Yeah, Chinese hopping like vampire zombies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. He kind of does. Because they have all that like weird makeup that they do. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what if, you're if talking he, if, about. Yeah. Oh, you need to look hopping zombie up. <laughs> or like if, hopping, if someone listening doesn't vampire, know what we're talking about. Yeah. Or hopping vampire. Chinese hopping vampire. Um, you just type in like hopping vampire, Chinese hopping vampire into a search engine. Like it's it's got this weird makeup. I don't know where that superstition came from, but mm. China probably. It's well, 
yeah, but like. It's what from it's from like, Chinese legends and folklore. So there you go. Well, but like, who decided that they have to all have makeup like that? Who decided that they have to hop? Who decided mm. that they all wear that costume? These are things that keep me up at night. <laughs> and this is where one comes bursting through your door, and they're like, "It was me, <laughs> <laughs> the Kool Aid Man." <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> All right, continue. Yeah, yeah. So, so Dimple run, runs off with Mob's body. Um, they have this flash of the impro- like the Improvement Club just jogging through this I, chaos I think for this some reason. Fight between them and the Muscle Guy was actually fairly decent. Yeah, that was like the best part of the episode. For yeah. Sure. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so I guess the Improvement Club decides like, oh, there's a giant Esper fight happening in the middle of the city. We're on our like run, our daily run. Let's just run right through it. That seems safe. And so they start doing that. And at this point, it flashes to the fight again with all the espers and the different sides. And you find out this guy with the weird eyebrows, who I guess guess his name is Tereda. <laughs> I don't really care that much about him. I don't know if we're supposed to. You find out he's a double agent. This had no effect on me. Like, they acted like this was supposed to be like a Donna moment, and you were supposed to be surprised. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I really don't care. Like, <laughs> I don't know what that's supposed to do for me. You just introduced this character. Um, so he reveals this. Everyone goes, oh, <gasps> like, we're supposed to be really surprised. Um, at some point, the Hulk guy, I think he punches Mob. And he was soaring through the air. Yeah, <laughs> he, he punches, like punches Dimple, Dimple right out of him. Out of him, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, and they both go soaring through the air, and they like land on the ground. And the home, like the guy from the home, the improvement <laughs> club. I keep wanting to call them the home improvement club. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with me? Just, I just re- that punching you punched a dimple right out of him. It just made me think of the line from Scott Pilgrim versus the World, where he's like, "Nobody makes me bleed my own blood." <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> God, that movie's so good. Blood. You made me swallow my gum. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that's that and uh, the Big Lebowski are my favorite drunk watches. <laughs> oh. I've seen them both thirty times easily a piece. Yeah, yeah. All right, go oh on. My god. So, so he gets thrown, and the Improvement Club catches him. Uh, the huge muscle guy is like, I'm going to get Mob back. And basically the whole club ends up fighting this muscle guy. It looks like they're all going to get their asses whooped. Finally, the head of the club gets possessed by Dimple and holds him off for a minute, yeah. which was epic. Because he uses yeah. like 100% of this guy's like muscular strength, which is like beyond what he could ever use himself. Like Dim- Dimple yeah. like taps into all of it and like takes him out. And it works for a second. And then... He like has to let go of him because it was too much effort. Well, it looks like it. He beat him, but then he got back up again. Mm-hmm. Well, but then he didn't really beat him, did he? It, it was looks more like, like a I round say he looks one. like he beat him. It, 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 well, this would be round two at this point because yeah, Ray took him out once. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So basically, he beats him for a minute, and then he gets back up, and they're like, "Oh fuck!" And then Mob wakes up and is like. Doesn't he just like lift his hand in the air yeah. and the guy is down? <laughs> he basically like, like flicks his fingers and the guy's like in th- into a wall already or something. Yeah, yeah, like that. <laughs> Mob is just like, oh, this fly. Yeah. Like Mob's on yep. another level these days. Yeah, uh, and that's that's pretty much it. Like 
the show as a whole was chaotic this episode didn't make a lot of narrative sense you didn't really care what was happening mm-hmm. i'm not sure why they've decided to do this and i'm disappointed can't believe they've done this i think at the end of the day <laughs> if you skipped this episode you maybe wouldn't even noticed i would agree i yeah. feel this is a very because like episode. it feels like there was no progression or anything oh what's that one show that i actually did that with uh, well, that one wasn't skippable, but you skipped it anyway. <laughs> I skipped it, and, mi- and it was like I missed nothing. What was I can't that show remember called? which one it was. It was it a was couple the, seasons back. It was a romance one. as the two little kids. He played the damn drums like every fucking damn oh, episode. Oh, Sukigakure. That's more yes. than a couple seasons back. That's a while ago. <laughs> you would be shitty about Sukigakure. <laughs> yeah, you would. You're so passive-aggressive I about really thought that Leo. one was bad. Really, yeah, really yeah. bad. We need to have like a therapy issue where we all just come together and just talk about our feelings. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> well, you, do you guys have anything else to say? Because I, I can. I, there's something else I want to say about that with running the wind. All right, yeah. Well, make that transition. Oh, have yes, fun. Go ahead. Go so, ahead. So it, it's clear to everybody. I do not like running with the wind, but uh-huh. I do know it's it. It is a good show, mm-hmm. but I personally don't like it. So nobody else take that personally. It's not for me. Yeah, but it, like like. I if somebody's like I like romance anime, I would not have recommended that other show. But if somebody said, "Oh, I like sports and I like running as a hobby," I would recommend Run with the Wind to them. Yeah, because even if it doesn't hit with you, it might with them. Like you know, right. it's like in the ballpark at least. Like there's a shot that they'll like it. I, so. I just I just want people to realize that <laughs> that some people hate it when I hate on shows. But <laughs> I think that that's real progress for you, Leo, and that we need to recognize that. Thank you, Doctor Cat. Maybe you are a counselor cat after all. Maybe I am. <laughs> all right. So let's get started with Run with the Wind. Episode 21 of 23. We're getting there. Goodbye, beautiful mm-hmm. world. Um, so the episode begins with a worried Yuki waking up in the middle of the night thinking about his leg of the race that's going to happen the next morning. Um, and it's also starting like to snow overnight. Uh, and like Shindo is awake as well. Uh, and like basically tries to build up Yuki's confidence saying like, Hey man, as long as you try, just like with the bar exam, he'll you'll do just fine. But he's still worried. Um, back at the hotel, there's this little freak out when Joji sees Hanako coming down the elevator with this older man, and he's like, "This is a hotel, Hanako." Uh, and it turns out it's just Haiji's sports doctor. Um, but of course, then this gets like Kakuru, who's also there, like all concerned about Haiji, so they like run up to him. And Heidi's like, just focus on yourself and just run the best race of their of your life, uh, and that's all you can do. And he's basically like, I'm fine, I'm fine. Did anyone else when Hanako came down and they're like, an older man, you're <laughs> leaving a hotel, and then they're like, no, it came from uh, Heidi's room. Did anyone else think like a love affair between two men in a hotel room? Thought, or was that just my yaoi brain? I thought That's there was like a brain. second okay. of a joke there where they they like freak out like about like they go to Haiji's room and they freak out and, and Haiji says like, oh no, he's just my sports doctor. Like I think there was a joke there that like, oh, maybe that guy was having an illicit love affair affair with Haiji. <laughs> Yeah, there was like a secondary joke there. Yeah, I thought it would have been better if they came in and he was like getting dressed. (laughs) (laughs) So 
at 8 a.m. in the morning, it's still snowing pretty heavily, but the race has to go on. And so Bozo Uni, it's a funny name, uh, who finished like in first in the first half of the race, they get to like start earlier than everybody else because of that. Uh, so the first runner starts going off. And then Kansai is in absolute last place to start the day. Um, they're in 20th out of like 20, basically. And even though they're in last place and they're like 11 minutes and 53 seconds behind the lead, because they're more than 10 minutes behind, they get to start in this group of like losers who are all more than 10 minutes behind. Yeah. So, so they're like, <laughs> oh, they just let all of us start at the same time, even though we're different times. And, I, and at first I was like, that's stupid because what if one of them caught up? Right. But then I was thinking, Oh, it's because no none, no one has ever caught up from that far behind. And so they're like, yeah. it won't happen. Don't worry about it. Well, you can also it. use that as your racing strategy. You're, you're going to put your weakest man on the last leg of that run. So that yeah, no matter true. what they do, you if they say they totally do bomb, then you still know you're not completely out of the race. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think about it that way. But uh, And then like Haiji quickly explains like, Oh, they don't gain like a minute and 53 seconds. Like the actual finish time is still going to be determined by the time from their first day plus the time from the second day. So like if they want to win, they will have to beat the leader by like a minute and 54 seconds at the end. Yeah, which is so unsatisfying. Like if something amazing did ever happen, because they did have to be like, oh, he won, but not really because he like didn't win by a minute and such and such like exactly so now now yeah. that opens up all these weird possibilities for the ending of this show where it's like oh Haiji wins but also doesn't win because they were behind <laughs> i mean that would be kind of the theme of the show though i guess so but it would suck yeah, that would, yeah that's would weird suck. too but like I don't know. It's so weird now. So I'm not sure how it's going to end. I'm just like, they're throwing more things into it. And like, Heidi's like, oh, it would take a bunch of tedious calculations to figure out on the fly, like where you are. And so they're going to like keep doing that over the end of the, these past couple episodes. So um, the guys are a bit worried about Yuki's fast pace on the downhill section, especially with the snow. Oh, okay. I have something to say about that when you get to okay. it. Okay. They decide to like trust in him though. And, Yuki is, like, amazed at the pace he's able to maintain going downhill and realizes that Kakaru is pretty much always running at this pace, even on flat ground. And, like, Yuki allows himself to, like, dream for a moment about running at the level that Kakaru runs at, but, like, basically shuts himself down saying, like, no, this is, like, my last day running and I'm done after this. Like, this is it. Um, and that is until he runs past his family who it's been really well established till now that he's not on good terms with them. And, but he sees his mom like yelling for him at the top of her lungs and like, he can't help but like get emotional about it. Uh, and he thinks about, he remembers back to when his mother basically like sprung both the fact that she was getting remarried and that she was having another baby yeah. girl on him. Well, okay. Oh, and I love how she was like, we may be getting married. Oh, and I'm pregnant. And I'm like, bitch, you know you're getting married. <laughs> Don't do this bullshit of we may be getting married and I'm pregnant. You know. <laughs> you know at that point. Come on. And like, I understand why Yuki had some issues with his mom well, at yeah, this point. Yeah, it's shocking. It's shocking. It's a lot to take like, I in. Didn't, yeah. I didn't get that because I don't know what his pre- previous relationship was with his mom. Well, bef- dad. Bef- before so, that point, well, they kind of briefly touched on it. 
basically. But like, his, I think the dad. Actually, I don't remember what happened with his like. Actual I don't know dad. if he died or if he they were divorced. But either way, yeah. like, you should probably just let your kids gradually know when you're dating someone. Like maybe. Yeah, like, prepare like, them, lo- please. Yeah, like six or like <laughs> at, at one point where you feel pretty comfortable and then it's a stable relationship. You probably just be like, drop it in casual conversation, like. I'm dating someone and then like introduce them gradually. Don't just like <laughs> have them there when they come home one day and be like, this is your new daddy. <laughs> this is your like, little sister in my tummy. Yeah. Like Jesus Christ. <laughs> that that, may, that may sounds like a different some... anime to me. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so, but like he basically, it seems at the end of this race, uh, his leg is like forgiving his mother. Um, and his leg is wait what <laughs> and he ends what his leg of the say? race and passes the oh, sash onto Nika. i thought you said his leg is forgiving his mother and i was like <laughs> well did yeah. you just have a brain annual did you did <laughs> you not watch it? <laughs> his, his, his leg grew a mouth and just said sorry mom. <laughs> as he was run, as he was running past his the family his leg grew a mouth and was like i forgive you mama <laughs> <laughs> so he he apparently ran a very fast time in that section. Um like he ran the fastest time of any of the other runners except like losing to one person by 2 seconds and he's like, "Oh, it's always 2 seconds, son of a bitch." But so, yeah, he gained a lot for them. Um and so Nico's well, section is gonna, next. Are you going to talk about the bloody sneakers? Oh, so were the those were bloody? I wasn't sure yeah. if that was just like a pattern on his sneakers or not. No, no they were bloody. They were oh, like, okay. he, and he bled all the way through his sneakers. And I'm like, bullshit. Like, yeah. okay, you may have one part of your foot. I could buy that where you start bleeding. Yeah. And it may even bleed a decent amount. But the whole of your foot is not going to just bleed as if you were walking on nails. Like, yeah. no. I thought that was so ridiculous that I was like, oh, that can't be blood. Because <laughs> it was oh, like it his was whole so heel and his whole front of his foot were like dyed through red. And I was like, that can't be real. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, I-, I would buy it if it was like, oh, his toe started bleeding and it bled. I would even buy it like it bled a lot, right? Sure. But not like his whole foot. Yeah, like, that's ridiculous. Like, I don't know how you would even keep running through that. That's insane. Yeah, no. That was... Well, that's yeah, dumb. I wanted to point that out. Even, yeah. even though I love this show, there are times... It goes over the top. Like with the, like with the training regimen and like with this, where you're like, we need to call out bullshit for what it right, is. But right. we still love it. Sure. We're, we just have to keep it in check. So I, I Googled image searched uh, foot, feet bleeding after running, and there's nothing ne- nowhere near that bad. Yeah, because you wouldn't, unless you like cut your foot on glass or something, you shouldn't, wouldn't bleed that much. I don't know. But anyway, uh, Nico's section is next, and I like Nico a lot, so I was like pretty hyped for this. Um, and his whole section about is, is all about how he's needed to overcome his body type in order to like regain his love of running. It's like a flashback to how his high school coach basically told him like to enter like a throwing event in track instead because he just doesn't have the body for it for long distance anyway. And so he I mean he's got a body. Oh yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, Look at that body. He lost his passion though and he started smoking and like yeah, I don't know. He he went to college at Kansei and he like remembers this time 4 years ago when Haiji like first showed up and told him like, "Yeah, I used to be a runner as well, but I'm and then he's like, so why did you go to this shitty school? It's terrible for running. He's like, well, I'm not slow, but I am weak. 
and that's like referring to his injury. And like Nico's thinking about how Haiji has become so much stronger since then. That's like giving him courage. And like he's also like competing with like the runners that are alongside him in the race. Um, like he's using them as like a competitive edge to like keep up pace with them and get in their head. And it's like he that's is, his way of running. He know? is 100% getting something we call a runner's high. Mm-hmm. Like 100% is what he's experiencing. So it's kind of neat. Yeah. And Nico's told by the coach that he's like physically in 13th place in the race, but there, he's actually in 16th place when you figure in like the minute and 53 seconds of added time beyond like the 10 minute thing that they started at. And mm-hmm. so this is even after like Yuki's like bloody shoe run um, and all that. So Nico basically decides that he like loves running and he's going to leave all of his lingering attachments on the road. And this, this is like his final race. And so that's like his conclusion that he comes to as he passes the sash onto King, who is going to be running against douchebag McGee, Kosuke Sakaki, mm-hmm. um, who is still hell bent on this philosophy that like winning is all that matters and running. And he like argues with Musa before the race and King. And it's like, God, just fucking give it a break already. Like we know, we know that's all you care about. And Musa and, and like to Musa and King's credit, they both basically tell him like, try to have fun. Like, like you get out of our face, but like, try to have fun in this race, you asshole. Let's <laughs> just like say, get out of here. And apparently Nico improved their ranking, but they don't say by how much at the end there. So I'm not clear on that. And meanwhile, at the end, Kakaru sees uh, Kazuma Fujioka, the big stud runner, warming up like before section nine. And Fujioka is like, you know, I don't have like a real goal here. So I'm going to like make my own goal. And he's like, I, my goal is to break the record for this section of the race. Uh, and so that's what I'm going to do. And then Kakaru gets pretty hyped up and he's like, all right, well, if you break the record, you're only going to hold it for 10 minutes because I'm going to break your record right after you break it. Um, and so that was pretty cool. And meanwhile, at the very end, King looks like he's pushing himself too hard to try and keep up with the uh, douchebag guy. Uh, so he's getting into a little bit of trouble, but. Yeah, we're down to like the last three runners and two more episodes to go. So we'll have to wait and see. I love this show. (laughs) Uh, Two things real quick. If you guys look at the thumbnails that you picked for the uh, characters. Yeah. The Mm -hmm. guy you picked for the report order, Shuji Mochizuki. He looks like he should be in Attack on Titan. (laughs) I picked that one specifically because he looks so weird. Yeah. And okay, I love the like. What was your thought process there? Because this looks weird. That one, yeah. yeah I'll remember this guy by that face. <laughs> uh, okay, one more question, Cat. You can only bring, uh, bang one of the guys. Who is it? <gasps> oh, okay. You uh, would do this to me. Fuck <laughs> you. Okay. I think I would. I would probably bang Yuki. Wow, really? He has like a nice look to him. Oh, really? Yeah. God. I feel like you hyped up Nico more than anybody else. Yeah, it's like, that's why I was I talking. like Nico a lot too. He'd probably be my second choice. Cat <laughs> likes those hipsters. Look at those hipster yeah, glasses. Yeah, I was going to say, he's like Hi. preppy hipster. I don't know what's I, going on I, here. I would want him to like not talk. I'd be like, listen. <laughs> You're obnoxious and you're like Sasuke and I don't like you. You just put your finger hot. on his lips and you're like, shh. Just don't I mean, say I anything. I do that a lot with dudes. I'm like, I don't like you. I want you to shut up so we can talk. <laughs> so that's the way I would do that with Yuki. <laughs> Nika would be more fun, but Yuki's hotter. 
All right. Sounds like a good plan. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, Leo, let's can... uh, get into the Kamari Kusa. Let's touch that. Kamari Kusa. Oh, wait, 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 oh, wait. Oh, okay. Leo, yep. which of these Kamari Kusa gr- bitches would you fuck? <laughs> FBI. <laughs> now, well, we got to take you... Rena's out. That's not even what I would Okay, because like, I was going to say, if, we, if you pick Rena, does that mean you get to fuck all of them? That's, That's not helping this case. That's a great point, that you've just raised. <laughs> Uh, let me just imagine I mean, this that, for a little bit. That's something. That's something to take into consideration. No, I'm still taking her out. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe Riku. I like her personality a lot. But okay. Rios is pretty cool too. But hmm. I don't know. Hundred uh, percent Ryoku, the nerdy one with the glasses for me. <laughs> <laughs> mm, okay, interesting. Okay. All right. Tell us about episode ten, though, Leo. Uh, I, Derailed me there, cat. <laughs> that that's my job, don't you? Because I had something else to say before you asked me a damn question. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> so uh we just like open everybody battling some red bugs that seems that they've been fighting for a while now. And they beat them, but they're like just completely exhausted from the fight. Uh they end up heading inward on Island 10. And note that the red fog has done something to like the bottoms of the buildings, like it did to the mountain in Island 9. Like it was that weird grid pattern, like it had been eaten away at it. Mm-hmm. We don't know what that is yet. Oh, okay. Okay, well, I'll finish this. I remember what it was. So, and they also notice that they're water detecting Kimurikusa. It's like, they call it like eye chain or something. It's mm-hmm. not detecting any water nearby. And they basically only have enough to make it back to Island 7 if they do have to turn around. Oh, no, I wanted to bring up the uh, article that Hearts posted in our Discord. Oh, yeah. Hearts have been all over the Kamarikusa stuff. Yeah. It's been fun. Did you get to see Hearts that one, Kat? Hearts has been all over everything. <laughs> and you know what? I really like that the fact that his Discord name is Hearts because it just makes me happy whenever <laughs> I say it. <laughs> did, did you get to read the article, Kat? Uh, no, because I don't like Kamarikusa fucking so whatever. Th- it's kind okay. of, it was something we inadvertently predicted because like, you, I think you brought it up. You're like, this is like a video game to me, and that's why you two like it, and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I, let, me, let me look at this. That was our talking. reasoning, and then the director came out and said, this show is like a, a little bit like a video game for him. <laughs> that's awesome. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> wow, we definitely picked up on that. That's <laughs> Kat definitely called that one. <laughs> yeah, that was... It totally is, though. It's just basically a video game made into it. A- and it was designed to be a little bit like that, so yeah. That's that was cool. A, she, Kat hates it, but... She's still using her observation skills. <laughs> yeah. So cool. they eventually come up to like the massive cloud-like wall of red fog and can't go any further. But they're peering into the fog. And they can see what looks like... It looks like a crane tower to me with something blue glowing from it. And there's like also these other skyscrapers that are sticking up out of the red fog. And they decide they need to go higher uh, just to see if they can find a way around or anything that can help. They eventually find a like a weathered old route and can't dis- even decide if it was red or green once. And before they decide to climb, it's like starting to get dark. So they go ahead and like, OK, we're going to rest for the night and, uh, you know, recoup a little bit and start again in the morning. So they're resting and they end up drinking like the last of the water, basically preparing for this final battle. Mm-hmm. And they're taking like stock of their supplies and all that stuff because like they can actually... They can see like a very good silhouette of the red tree, so they're never going. They know they're going to get to it very soon. And then, like Wakaba also finally tells them that he might be able to control the tree if he touches it, 
And they also find out that they only have like eight large Midori leaves left. So they're going to need to conserve them because it might take a few to cut through the trunk if mm-hmm. they have to do that. Uh, so comes the next day. And before Ren and Wakaba make for the red, red tree, they find out that Ritsu and Larinas tricked them into thinking they were drinking their water. But actually, they gave it to Midori so that they could have some extra leaves for their fight. Aww. Oh, yeah. So are, I mean, aw, but like, aren't they going to die now? Probably. So, like, <laughs> that's dumb. Well, that they said they have, they're not going to die right away, but they have enough to like survive for the They moment. could potentially get back to Island 7, maybe. Yeah. But that, well, at least that's what they tell uh, Rin and Wakaba. But I don't think they think they're actually going to get back there. No, this yeah. is going to end with them dramatically dying, and there's going to be stupid music in the background, <laughs> and I'm going to have to sit there and watch it and try not to roll my eyes. <laughs> um, I've I, noticed I, that the- I see you clapping when Ritsu dies. <laughs> You're going to be like, like so yes! happy. <laughs> no more. <laughs> no more ears oh. just all over the place. Yes. So do- dog, uh, I want to oh, notice. Cat, I what if there's like a that- scene where like her ears are like they just like droop? They just oh, like no. they just slowly and dramatically droop down. Oh, <laughs> I would kill someone. Oh my god! I would cheer okay. so much. Uh, I would be sad, but I, I want to notice. I want to notice that this interview, the the creator describes Wakaba as dog-like several times. He, <laughs> he totally is kind of like a is. friendly dog. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a dumb dog. Yeah, he's like he interested a, in everything, and he's like friendly, and he's like always like if wagging he had his a tail. tail. It yeah. would have been wagging the whole fucking time. Exactly. He's like a tail <laughs> wagon guy. Yeah. So as they walk away, Ritsu and Rina say it's a good thing they didn't know about all the red bugs behind them. They're like going to attack once they get to the tree, apparently. Right. So they know that they're in trouble. Um, yeah. yeah. So when they finally make it, so they, they like walk up this route that does take them to like the uh, the crane tower or whatever. And they get up there and they find out like the bluish light was coming from a bunch of blue Kamarikusa that is apparently a different shade than like the light blue ones they've been having. Oh, really? They're like, oh. yeah, they go, I don't know what, what do these ones do? Yeah, we they never come across these it. ones before. I think they're like, oh, it's a different color. Or yeah, something. and it's definitely like like a, a, a way darker blue because the <laughs> other one's like a very, very light blue. <laughs> and then just before they heads towards the red tree that they can definitely see now and it looks kind of pretty menacing, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wakaba asked one more time to see Ren's memory leaf. <laughs> but, Baka, I don't want to show you my memory leaf. He, oh my god. He, it's th- like... <laughs> okay, did, did anyone else think that this was going to turn into a hentai at this moment? Because like, he's touching it in different ways, uh-huh. and she's like, ah, ah, no, and like, acting there. like it feels like, oh my god, something's happening. And I'm like, is she going to have like an orgasm or something? No, Wakaba's like, so I when, need to push harder. Okay, so when he finally... <laughs> convinces her it was some decent reasoning like he, I, it's just him touching her back and she's just shy about it she's like oh pretty good yeah what if sex was like a video game and you just pushed different buttons in a in special combinations and that's how you won that reminds me of uh, that's exactly what sex is like you push her buttons. You push. That's you're the controller, Cat. You don't understand. You're the no. controller. I'm doing specific things to this controller. He's not I'm a pushing her buttons. <laughs> you, if that's how you consider sex, I feel sorry for whatever girl you've been fucking. But there's Leo. all these different combos you can do, Cat. <laughs> oh, honey. 
I'm paying extra for the N64 Rumble Pack. <laughs> oh, actually, I did have a conversation with a friend once where I was like, what if you designed a video game to like make it so like a couple's video game mm-hmm. where like you had to get your like the goal was who can get their girlfriend off fastest <laughs> or something and that's how you win and it's like got a heart rate uh, you sensor don't need or something a video game to do that <laughs> no but like but then but then it'd be like the the video game your girlfriend wants you to play and you'd have like girlfriends that lining sounds up. like fucking clickbait if i've ever heard clickbait oh, yeah, before. This, this definitely exists <laughs> Also, the the whole sex is like a weird abstract video game thing. Reminds me of the movie um, Demolition Man, I think, where they're in like this weird future where when they have sex, it's like through like a like a neural like I don't know like a VR type of thing. Oh, rather that's than right. Actually I remember that scene. Cat, have you seen Demolition Man? I haven't. It's an no. interesting movie. Damn it, become but, um, become. You know what? She doesn't know about the seashells. She doesn't know fuck? about the three seashells. No, mm-hmm. you don't know the about weird the seashells. City has a scene like that though where like in the future everyone just has like sexting instead of sex Mm -hmm. and there's like a scene where they're they start getting intimate like they're gonna have sex and then he like abruptly leaves the room and starts texting her that he only wants to sext (laughs) oh no but like become saying in demolition man they're like uh oh what's her name uh i don't remember her name i just know that like wesley snipes is in it sylvester stallone Stallone, dude, no, she's very Dennis Leary. <laughs> she's very popular among among well, my, at least my lesbian friends are like, she's one of their number one. Would love the fuck. Oh really? Uh, Sandra Bullock. Me, oh Sandra God. Bullock. Oh, Damn she, it. She's hot, but you know the one for me, the number one girl that I would want to fuck personally. It's that <laughs> lady from Orange Is the New Black, the hot girl with the tattoos. Oh her. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Gotcha. No, the, the scene that becomes was talking about from Demolition Man. She, they, they're like, oh, we're gonna have sex now, and she gets up and she literally comes back with like some VR headset. <laughs> it's like what the fuck? Like that. The, it was a little ahead of its time. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Oh, okay. Back to anime. No, I'm gonna find this girl and I'm gonna tell you okay, who this it. is. Oh, that's find fine. it and I'll, fi- Ruby I'll Rose. finish this. Ruby, Ruby Rose. Ruby Rose yeah, is okay. my ideal I woman. Is. I would eat that up with a spoon. <laughs> she is a gorgeous snack. <laughs> okay. Anyway, go on. <laughs> yeah, Leo, finish off this episode. So he's working on the combination for the memory, Kamurakusa, and he eventually gets it, and then like Rin starts basically having a vision like her eyes cloud over and like she sees like a vision of a landscape and as he unlocks more she eventually sees a scene of a little girl sitting on a bench with like two white ones and she tells them yes i'm studying and i need to hurry up and become an adult and it ends and that girl was dressed in very similar clothes to Wakaba. Like she had like this like green like sleeves on that looked like Wakaba. Well, shirt. I want to say she was like the same stature and everything as him. Like I totally kind of saw Wakaba when yeah. I saw her. But I could also see that like maybe the girls had come from somebody like her too. I don't know. But like I'm so hyped for the next episode because I think we're finally going to get a bunch of answers about like all of that. I I'm am kind of dreading in that next episode because i feel like we're going to get a crazy am- info dump and i <laughs> yeah. can't leave anything out i'm like fuck <laughs> that'll make it more enjoyable for me because i'll be watching it and being like ha leo has to talk about all this <laughs> <laughs> great i just can't wait for them all to die so that i don't have to <laughs> watch it ever again well you know how i feel when i'm hoping one of them gets hit by a car and run with the wind 
Oh yeah. The, the final guy, oh. Hi, is it Haiji? He's the last one. He just gets like smoked by some car, some drunk driver. <laughs> Speaking of wanting people to get have to hit. amputate his li- legs. <laughs> Speaking of wanting people to get hit by a car, The Promise Neverland. <laughs> my favorite show. Episode 10, oh uh, 130146. Um, Which who the fuck knows what that is? Oh, I have a theory about it like mid-episode that I want to talk about. Well, I know that it's a date, oh. but I, I had a I thought about it a lot this episode. So like Norman confirms that like he remember he came back off of like the top of the wall last episode where he saw a cliff. Um, yeah. And so he he walked along the wall, he tells them, and like he was able to mm-hmm. see that basically the wall must be like the outer edge of a he- hexagon. Like a, Yeah, it, and I think that the other parts are like other farms. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. no, that's what they say. And then like yeah. uh, but directly west of them he believes is the headquarters of the whole like place and from there there should be a bridge to get across to whatever the mainland is and like that's the only way to get across the huge cliff gap and so that's what he thinks anyway and so it turns out norman never actually planned on running away in the first place he says because he was afraid. i think that's bullshit i think he's just saying that now maybe it sounds better. <laughs> yeah he was saying he's saying that like if his escape was going to alter the plan for everybody else like he didn't want to ruin their shot and so like before emma and ray can really protest like norman like quickly hugs them and like thanks them and for allowing him to live like a happy life and then like leaves there's this like long kind of sappy scene where norman remembers getting sick when he was little and emma like keeps popping well first of all her little stupid hair that sticks up keeps her popping up cowlick yeah. thing. it's real pretty cute <laughs> she's, like popping yeah. up next to his bed and she's like hey um and basically she's trying to cheer him up back then and isabella tells her like you know get out and then like the funny thing was, like, so Isabella tells her to get out, and then Isabella puts up this danger keep out, like, yellow tape that you would see at, like, a like a police scene or something. But she puts it on the inside of the door, where it's only facing Norman. And it's not on the outside of the door in the scene where, you're, where they're talking on the telephone. Like, so it's like, what was the point of this tape? <laughs> Just to make him feel bad. Because I think Isabella is, like, secretly a sadist. Possibly, yeah. She definitely it seems ex- like it. Would explain a lot. Um, I mean, doesn't she have that weird, eager look in her eyes when, like, she sees one of them suffering? Yeah, yeah. Like, she's like, oh, poor you, but, like, also kind of likes it. She's kind of fucked up. (laughs) So it's, like, this whole cute memory of, like, when they talked on a string telephone when they were kids. And then you see, like, Norman throw this thing into his suitcase um, to, like, go. And so, like, the whole orphanage gathers to, like, see Norman off. And, like, all the little kids are, like, crying and stuff, blah, blah, blah. But, like, you know, Don and Gilda and Emma are all, like, depressed as fuck. Ray is not even there because he doesn't want to see him off. Um, He's dressed in a very 1940s era suit, which had Mm -hmm. me wondering, because I know the 46 in the titles of these episodes and on the calendars is a year. And I had been assuming it was 2046. I don't know why I assumed that. I just assumed this was like a weird dystopian future. But what if this is 1946? And that's why Ooh. like he's using like a suitcase that looks like it's from then. And he's dressed like it's from them. Like all the kids are kind of dressed in clo- clothes that would sort of be from that time period. It would make well, sense. Look at all the technology around them. Yeah. Like, well, what like what technology would not make like so. Fit? Uh, I can't Become. think of any, but what would fit would be, like, her communication device. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, I think 
if there's demons, like you could assume that there's some technological stuff maybe different. That's true. I think you're right. I think it might be more interesting to make it seem as if it's alt 1946. History. Yeah, like this could be an it's alt like history 1946. Perverted. Yeah. Also, you just made me realize that one day it's going to be 2046 and we're all going to hopefully be alive. <laughs> and like that fucks with me. Ugh, yeah, I don't it's really weird. That. Like when you think if like, oh, I live to 100, <laughs> I would be like way into the 2000s. Like it's Ugh. it's so weird when you start passing dates that when you were a kid were like the dates in science fiction books when like crazy things were supposed to happen. It's like 2019, yeah. like we should have like flying cars and all that shit, but yeah, it's you know, it feels weird the older you get. It does feel weird. Oh. Uh at the last yeah. Oh sorry. Oh, you were going to say something else or Oh, the dramatic scene just as Norman's about to go is really interesting to me. So, yeah, Emma tries to, like, basically tackle Norman and, like, use the device that Ray made to disable his tracking device. But he, like, stops her at the last second. And at the same time, they're trying he's trying to hide that she has this device from Isabella because if she discovers there's no way they could have hid this. Like, (laughs) she would have totally seen this. The amount of passing back and forth that these people do. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Somebody would have yeah. seen it in that room, at least, even if it's not uh, Isabella. But Emma yells about like how she won't let him go, and Norman's like, "You're you're reckless, but that's kind of what I love about you." He basically is about to say as he like reaches out for her face, um, and then like Isabella like separates them and whispers in Emma's ear, "If like if you cause any more commotion, I will fucking kill you." <laughs> and Norman says some like final kind words to Emma before he basically goes to leave. Um. Isabella is talking to Emma later and like praise or sorry, sorry. Isabella's walking with Norman to like the gatehouse and she praises Norman for never running away. And this is going to allow her to like ship Ray and Emma when they're actually immature. So she's really appreciative of, of it. And Norman like kind of asks out of the blue if Isabella is happy and she's like really hit hard by this. It's the only time we've ever seen Isabella just like have a reaction like that. Absolutely. Like she's it's, really thrown off for a second and then she recovers care, like briefly and she's like, "Yeah, of course I'm happy because I got to meet someone like you, Norman." Um and so Isabella takes Norman and like he looks at like this truck and he thinks he's about to be loaded onto this truck. But then she's like, no, come into this like side room and wait for a little bit. And it's like this bright room underneath the gatehouse. And he goes in and like he, he sees something that is surprising to him. And then the door I, closes. I think it's the original room that she came out of because it was on the left hand side, right? Yes. Yeah. From like the one of the very first episodes. I think yeah. So. And like. Like we always say, no on-screen death. What are they doing with Norman? Do you guys have any theories? I don't even know we have if we have anything we can go off of. To even oh, guess. I, don't I don't think. Okay, my theory is, they, there's never they're never dead until you see them die. Right. You'll like they'll try to escape. He'll like appear in some way. Like he'll either help them escape, and he had this, like he's figured out a way, or he's like betrayed them all, or some fucked up thing. Mm-hmm. Like something will happen. He'll show up again. It'll like yeah, appear yeah. like he's betrayed them, but then he's the, actually the, helping them somehow. The only thing I can think of is that he's going to be offered a similar deal to Emma for a role we're, we don't know about yet. Yeah. Oh, but he'll take it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he's weak. I always <laughs> felt like he was the weak one, like mentally. Yeah. Like courage wise. Yes, definitely. Yeah. 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 That's why I didn't. I always felt like he was going to be the one who was like the traitor or something. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, did either of you see, I need to find this meme. It's driving me nuts and I can't find it. The meme where it's like kids in normal life and then kids in promised Neverland. <laughs> and it's got like, I it's got like balancing by one finger, like muscled up all the fuck. <laughs> Like from some monk movie. You've not seen this No, meme? I haven't seen that, but that makes a ton of it's, sense. It's been circulating. Oh, I need to find it. I'll post it in the chat or in the <laughs> um, Discord once I find it. All right. So Emma keeps feeling like she's hearing Norman in the orphanage, even though he's not there. And But like life goes on at the orphanage. Like the there's a scene where like the kids are launching these like water pressured rockets as like Emma is like overseeing them in the yard, but she looks really depressed and... Ray, on the other hand, is just, like, too depressed to, like, do anything and tells the others, like, he's done and he's not even going to try to escape anymore. And Emma kind of goes to her room to cry, but, like, Isabella shows up there and, like, tries to comfort her by saying, like, you know, the easiest way to overcome despair is just by giving up and just conceding to it. And it's, oh, like, boy. it's so easy to do. Just do it. And she's, like, I'll, also, I'll recommend you as a candidate to be the mom. <laughs> I'm waiting for her to go, just look at me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Don't you think yeah. that Isabella was basically Emma at some yes, point? Yes, 100%. Like, Very similar. The, yes. the reason yeah. that she's so offended by emma being like fuck no is because it like doesn't agree with the little reality that she's made for herself in her head where she's doing something good well, yeah and she also sees emma in herself yeah she's like yeah, just, like, just like get she sees through it this as- make the decision i made because I, I want you to just she wants emma to justify this is the same decision she made it. yeah validate herself yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah, she's like, yeah, just accept the despair and the cycle of suffering and, like, have a child and come back and be a mom or a sister. Yeah. Okay, that was interesting. Yes. So I, they make them all have kids. Yep, that's where the kids come and from. That's how the kid. And, and doesn't that make you feel even worse for Crone? Oh, absolutely. It's fucked. <laughs> it's fucked up. It is. And it makes sense that, like, the top candidate women or girls would be the ones to have kids because they're trying to breed, like, the top candidates, blah, blah, blah. It's like a whole eugenics type thing. Oh, it Norman's, Norman's going to fuck somebody. Oh, you're That's so right. That's why they kept him. Oh! Oh! <laughs> they're going to make him a stud. You're so oh! oh, my God. Yeah. Oh my god, you're right, Leo. <laughs> He's the perfect candidate. He doesn't have the courage, but he has the brains. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh. And so the, thing, the things that two beers will make you think of. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right though. Oh fuck. So like yeah. a ton of time passes by, right? The entire month of December goes by. And then Wait, no, yeah. no, no. Let me Oh, sorry. What? The room that he that she opened for him was just a room full of naked women in different beds. <laughs> And oh, she's just like, you have to get through them all. <laughs> well, that would that would explain his reaction. He's just like, whoa. No, no. It's just, he opens the room and there's like a television screen there from like the 1940s. I don't know, whatever. And then just Bible Black is just playing. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> He's like, what? She's like, take this cup. <laughs> Nani? <laughs> anyway, so. And then Hina and Rui from Domestic Girlfriend are also there. Anyway, so. Yes. A lot of time passes by, yeah, December. And no, then, no, like you said, Bible Black's playing, but they're like, if this isn't your shit and you're really fucked up, watch this other show over here we got. It's called Domestic Girlfriend. <laughs> oh, God. Perfect. <laughs> and so. I, I need that harder stuff, but Bible Black isn't doing it for me. 
<laughs> like they they head all the way up to like January fourteenth, which is like the day before Ray's birthday. So I assume this gives Emma's leg time to heal, and also like it's the next major event. So I understand why they would skip all this time. You also see the kids like running around with like a coat hanger as they're playing, which is weird. And then Ray is like humming this song to himself inside, and he's like sitting alone in this dark room. Uh, and Emma comes to see how he's doing, and Ray asks Emma like. You haven't given up after all, have you? And then she like smiles like really evilly back at him. And it's like the first time she's acted like this in a long time. So it's like clear she has a plan. And so it's like, all right. Yeah, she's like, cool. No, fucker, I haven't. Let's go. <laughs> that smile said. Yeah, she's been like biding her time. So I'm, I'm excited to see what this plan is uh, to escape or to do whatever they're going to do. But yeah. Um, yeah, I just thought, okay, I have so far up to this point like the uh, balance between the drama and the suspense mm-hmm. but there was way so much more drama this episode it was pretty dramatic yeah and didn't really like it as much as of like the other episodes the the part where she like freaks out in the hallway was a bit much they could have cut that out oh yeah probably yeah, i could see that yeah. there was a little much. Uh, most of it i didn't have an issue with um that 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 part annoyed me a little mm-hmm. but the rest of it i felt was justified because it served a purpose yeah yeah but just because of the amount of drama i was a little bored yeah there were points where i like what i felt myself wanting to roll my eyes which is like my <laughs> internal cue of like okay it's getting a little getting a little much true true all right well since it's getting too dramatic up in here why don't we take a break and hear yeah. from some of our fellow podcasters we'll be right back we'll see you soon the following is an extract from Reanimator Pod episode 47, Blood, Blood, Blood. Taka discusses Des Irae. Most of the characters in the show, particularly the villains, have more than one name, like many more than one. For example, the super powerful mage from my synopsis is Carl Kraft, also known as Mercurius, also known as Faust, also known as St. Germain, also known as Paracelsus, also known as Cagliostro, also known as Copophilia Smudge. <laughs> okay, that last one is a reanimator special, but the rest are all legit. Like, he actually has those names. How about a few more? He's got more names? No, no, they're other oh. characters. He actually had that many names, though. Wilhelm Ehrenberg is Zeekly Bay, because why not? Valeria Trifa is Christoph Lohengrin, who's a priest and is commonly referred to as Father. Lord Heydrich is also Reinhard. And Teresia is Rhea, but Fujiren, aka Zarahustra, is our main character and also refers to Rhea as Senpai. So we never really learn her name until other characters start calling her Rhea. But really her name's Teresia, so I don't really know how that adds up. <sighs> and if you like that and you want to hear more from the Reanimator Pod, head on over to reanimatorpod.com. That's R-E-Animate torpod.com new episodes are out every monday hi i'm jd your host of the red leaf retrocast your best location to learn remember and relive the past to the present our podcast has four shows for you to listen to between retro gaming modern gaming anime and even wrestling the Retro Gaming Cast covers discussion topics, and each episode we discuss retro games picked based on a decided theme for that episode, ranging from space all the way to console specials like the old handheld Game Boy. Our Modern Gaming Cast is monthly and covers video game titles that were released in that previous month. 
Each anime cast, we focus to review a retro anime each and every episode, like the original Mobile Suit Gundam to the racing hit Initial D. But that's not all. We also keep up with the seasonal shows, by occasionally doing impressions and reviews as well. Finally, our last show is about wrestling, where we keep the rising indie scene up to date, while also covering shows from the bigger promotions like Ring of Honor, New Japan, and WWE, so we cover it all. We also cover a retired wrestler every episode in what we call the Wrestler Spotlight, and are currently on a quest covering old WCW Thunder episodes from the late 90s, every cast. So if any one of those casts sound like something you'd like to check out, that's the Red Leaf Retrocast Gaming, Anime, and Wrestling, found at iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and all your favorite podcasting sites. Also, you can learn, remember, and relive the past to the present. We can't wait to see you soon. And we're back. Oh no! And I mean, oh yay! <laughs> I just realized. Okay, I like as like we were taking this break, I passed my sad excuse for a television, <laughs> and I realized I had not told you about the great TV calamity of uh, of of this month of cats residents yeah so basically over the weekend i was watching the tv and i had it turned to my kitchen so i could watch it while i was like doing dishes and my cat just comes up jumps up on the like the cabinet where the tv is hanging out and i'm like oh yeah this is fine and like it's a little bit wobbly because it's on its side and not like on the TV stand as it's supposed to be. Oh God! Oh yeah. And it like gets knocked over because he, he like bumps it slightly, and it just falls in the corner of the like cabinet, and it like hits oh. the middle of the TV screen, and I just see like cracks spreading. Oh no! <laughs> and I'm like, no! <laughs> the damage is done. It's too late. Oh, and like the middle of the screen is just bent in and like it's just dead. It's gone. I feel like your, your pets like really hate you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like they do so much shit to tear up your house. It's amazing. Uh, well, that's what happens when you have fucking pets. And okay, so like I've I have never actually bought myself my own TV because I didn't own a TV when I was in college. My roommate owned a TV. Um, cause I thought I didn't need to own a TV cause TVs are dumb cause I didn't mm-hmm. grow up with a TV and except, except for when you snuck downstairs when your parents yeah, went to bed to but watch like, it. I didn't watch it a lot. So I was like, why would I need this? Yeah. Um, and then when I moved into this Congo condo, I almost said Congo. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> my realtor, uh, had a party for like all of her clients and I was invited, and I won a TV. <laughs> a wow. brand new TV. Wow. Nice. And I was like, I guess that's nice. And like now I know what it's like to have one, and so I like want one. So I looked up price, and I was like, uh, my cat just cost me half a grand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> the price of love. That's rough. <laughs> All right. Well... Uh. I don't know how to transition from that to JoJo. <laughs> um, and, and you know what else has a lot of love in it? This well, JoJo episode. You know because it does. Because, man, those two new villains 
fuck. Like, they are hot and heavy. You know they were getting down to business. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're rubbing all over each other. Episode 23, mm. Clash and Talking Head. Can, yes, they can, are. Can I start by saying that everybody else in this goddamn fight was useless as fuck? <laughs> <laughs> there was, like, well, one you know scene in the whole episode with the other guys, and they're just like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> like, my, my boy, Narencia, like, he stepped up. Oh, he like, did. the rest yeah. of oh, these yeah. bitches were useless. Narencia's over here. He's like, I may have two brain cells to rub together. That's all I have <laughs> to my name. I'm going to rub the fuck out of those two brain cells because, like, that's what we got to work with. He tried really hard, and he actually got some results. Good for him. They, yeah. they gave him a level of intelligence that we have not even come close to seeing from him yet this episode. I needed it after last episode. I knew that he had it in him. He just had he just has to mature. Just like Becom and I knew when it was in Chica. Exactly. We saw it from the beginning. He's just too young. He's gonna get smarter when he gets older. You just wait. So at the beginning of this episode, Giorno's just figuring out that like Narancha can't say what he means with everything with the shark attack uh, taking over his tongue and everything. Um, and then like Squallow like the shark stand clash like starts pulling Giorno underwater and like the the two guys which plan, is the slowest process ever yes yeah. <laughs> yeah, Squalo and Tiziano's plan is like to take out Giorno first because they know he can heal his friends so they got to take him out um, but they need to stop his breathing because Narancha's stand Aerosmith or Little Bomber as they call it on Crunchyroll um, can track his position with like the, the radar that Narancha has uh, if, the, if he can see the breathing. So Narancha is like using his radar to predict where Giorno will show up next as they predicted he would. And he starts like firing at the shark with Aerosmith. But it dives like inside of Giorno's neck. And then he just fires like a hail of bullets into Giorno. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry I shot you. <laughs> um, and so Narancha says like the breathing signal has disappeared from my radar. They got away as Giorno is dragged under. And, like, Tiziano and Squalo think for a second that they've won, but then Tiziano realizes that the talking head, like, should make it so Narancha cannot, can only say the opposite of what he means. So when he says, like, they got away, they, they really didn't get away. And so he's just saying the opposite to kind of screw with them, which is Narancha finally, like, using this to his advantage, which is really smart. Um, so it turns out Narancha was able to track Giorno from the residue of the gunshots that Aerosmith had fired into Giorno's body, which are giving off like smoke. I and don't know that that's kind of bullshit. <laughs> everything is bullshit. <laughs> and Aerosmith fires bullets into Giorno's neck, which hit Clash. It's the shark and Squallow also or sorry, they hit Squallow, the shark and Clash takes damage. Wait, is that right? Do I have this backwards? I don't. I like Squallow is the guy, right? Squallow is the guy. Clash is his stand. So I'm getting confused because I understand Italian and know that Squallow means shark. <laughs> so I'm like really <laughs> fucking. It seems confused. like the stand should be called exactly. Fuck, the stand is called the Clash or whatever or Clash. So yeah, um, the, he hits the stand at the same time, and it also hits like does bullet damage to Squallow in real life, um, and like yeah, like Abakio's Moody Blues like. He's trying to use it to, like, replay the events, but he says it's, like, a tape that was torn and can't rewind past a certain point. So they're just standing around doing nothing, basically, like Leo said. Like, they're they're useless during this entire Well, well fight. that's interesting about Moody Blues because they have shown that it, like, at first I was like, okay, so it can't mimic the stand's ability. 
but they mm-hmm. did show that he it could on the boat, right? Yeah. So I don't. Yeah, it seems like a little inconsistent. It's just yeah, some just random rule they're just going to throw at us just because. Yeah. Uh, Aerosmith's attacks continue to damage Squallow, especially as his like jumps keep getting shorter and shorter and like more predictable I for Narancha. They named his stand Aerosmith. What the fuck? It just makes me think of like the band just like in a tiny airplane. They're just in there like singing. Oh, Steven Tyler's at the controls. Yeah. (laughs) Did you guys ever play the Aerosmith game that was on the Super Nintendo? I've seen it played, but I've never played it myself. (laughs) I've played it and it has like their legit soundtrack and it's fucking amazing. (laughs) It's pretty cool that that got made. That's just a cool thing for sure. Um, So... Clash, uh, the shark stand, starts jumping into a bunch of cooking pots and, like, uh, Aerosmith firing at the pots, like, tips them over and, like, the water from the pots extinguishes the flame on the stove, but then the gas starts spreading throughout the kitchen and Aerosmith can't fire without blowing everything up, so, um... But even though Narancha can't fire, he has Aerosmith just dive bomb the stupid shark with its like propeller and just tear its shit up, which is exactly what it does. Um, and Tiziano like releases Narancha from Talking Head's influence like really temporarily, and this allows Narancha like finally tell the other guys like, "Hey, this is what's happening. Like they're attacking us. We're in here. Like help." And so, but, like, as soon as the other guys, like, miss to get there, Tiziano re- reactivates Talking Head. And so, Narancha wants to scream, like, don't fire your gun or something. But instead, he screams, like, shoot, Mista. And so, he shoots. The whole kitchen explodes. And then, like, Giorno, as he's about to get sucked away by Clash, tells, like, Narancha, like, don't go after the stand. Go after the user. And he, like, disappears, only leaving his ladybug, like, button behind which is important later. And so, yeah, Squallow and Tiziano think there's no way that Narancha can track them down. But, like, Squallow starts to wonder, like, if Narancha could recognize his labored breathing since he's injured from all the bullet wounds. But even so, Tiziano's like, well, there's, like, a hundred people around this area of Venice, and, like, some of them are running around and breathing heavily, so he's he's never going to find you. You know, in my first, and then this is not what they went with, but my next thought was, no, but he's looking for a pair. He's looking for somebody with labored breathing and mm-hmm. somebody who doesn't have labored breathing. That how would many, help too. Yeah. How many pairs of people are they going to find like that? Yeah, all of these stand users are like just big, bulky, hot like dudes. Like it's not that hard to figure out. Like, <laughs> hmm. are you saying their character designs stand out slightly? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think after a while, I'd be like, you know, it seems like only really hot bulky dudes are yeah, standing. You're like, I'm going to go with the good-looking muscular guy over there in the corner. Yeah, and, but you know what? Honestly, like, Tiziano is the hottest villain ever. Like, He's pretty hot. He needs to come live in my house and be my harem boy. Look at his hair. <laughs> it's flowing. And his eyes. Oh. <laughs> so, Narancha is really smart, though. He starts playing mind games with them. He says out loud, I found you. Which is, of course, the opposite of what he means, but it still makes Squallow start to panic a little bit. And Tiziano's like trying to reassure him, like, you know, talking head, talking head. Like, he's obviously saying the opposite of what he means. He hasn't found us. But then we see, like, he's like, oh, and he's like, oh, talking head's still definitely on Narancha's tongue. But then they turn around and see Narancha's like right there, and he has cut his own tongue off. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So at this point, he's like, I was looking for someone who was alarmed at the fact that 
I like didn't have my tongue anymore or some bullshit. And I was like, that would be everyone. Everyone in that square would be alarmed that you no, don't no, no, have no, no, your no, fucking. No, no, he did have a tongue. That's what the ladybug no, but, button okay, was. Imagine you're you're in a street. You're just chilling. You're eating your like fucking Italian. It's no what alerted them was because food. they could no, see no, no. the stand and Leo, nobody I, else could. I need to so they could this. see the stand. You need, you need to. You need to just hush for a second. Imagine you're eating your fucking Italian street food, whatever the fuck it is. Can't be reasonable around you're here. Chilling out. All of a sudden, a man, <laughs> a, a young boy, comes into the square, starts yelling, holds up a severed tongue. <laughs> He's Whoa, bleeding. if you look at any rest of this anime, there's so much shit that happens in public that everybody is completely unaware of that, like, I can't even <laughs> notice that in this scene. I'm just saying, I imagine everyone is alarmed at the it fact that he's holding up a severed tongue. And, like, blood is spurting out of his mouth as he's trying to talk. Yeah, I'm pretty sure everyone would be like, holy shit, we need to get the fuck out of here. Like, no one is just chill, like, oh yeah, severed tongue. <laughs> That's a good point cat that's a really good point but yeah he's like oh i can totally tell because your breathing drastically changed when you panicked like seeing my tongue cut out and so yeah squalo tries to like retrieve clash from like underneath them in the sewers but there's no water nearby for clash to even jump at uh, narancha so narancha just attacks them with aerosmith uh, and Tiziano actually jumps in front of Squalo to protect him because he loves him. Um, and, and and his blood creates this liquid, and some of it splashes onto Narancia's shoulder. And he's like, as he's dying in uh, Squalo's arms, he's like, I created some liquid for you. Like, use it well, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, like, furious, Squalo tells Clash to, like, rip out Narancia's neck. And it, like, starts to do that. Like, there's this fish, like, appears out of his shoulder where the blood is and, like, bites into his neck. And then, like, you just see this fish, like, flopping, like, hanging off of his neck, like, biting for dear life. And then Narancha just becomes this huge fucking badass. And he's like, you think I would falter because of something like this? As this fish is, like, flopping around all over the place. (laughs) And so he launches Aerosmith at Squallow. And it, like, rams Squallow, like, right in the chest, which throws him into the air. And then it fires this like hail of machine gun bullets tearing him up and like squalo's like yelling like vola 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 and he like finally ends it like when he gets him with like volare via which is like go flying or like fly away so he was saying fly 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 yeah fly 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 it was pretty great and so squalo dies like wondering like why do these guys have so much hope? What's driving them forward? And like, Jorno looks like he's dead on the ground, but Narancha like sees dramatically on his radar that Jorno's still breathing. And so, yeah, the guys like regroup, they get on a boat, and they're like, let's get the fuck out of Venice. Let's go to the airport and I'm we'll get a plane. I'm just imagining they're all like, that's a thing that happened, and we were <laughs> useless. That's what they're all thinking right now. And they should. Useless yeah. pieces of furniture, fucking bitches. Oh, speaking of useless pieces of furniture, uh, did anybody have anything else they want to say about JoJo? Uh, no, no, that was just like it was an awesome episode. I was really happy that like Narancha stepped it up big time, and like that they had some brains to use for once, which was nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so moving on, domestic girlfriend, break a leg, guys. Uh, episode ten, <laughs> liar. <laughs> 
So we open with Natsu distracting Hina from cooking by kissing her, and she almost burns supper. Yeah, she's a terrible cook. <laughs> I guess I'm opening a beer before we podcast about what? an hour okay. as I wrote this. Yeah, open a beer. <laughs> Go ahead. Lay back. Open your no, third. No, that's what third? I did when I wrote this. I watched the intro and went, oh, I guess I'm going to have a beer before we start. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, like, why is that such a trope in anime that, like, girls have to be bad at cooking? Or good at cooking, or either really one. Good. Well, she was like, you good, know what? she just got Sometimes, distracted. there are girls who are just good at cooking some things, and they suck at cooking other things. No, they you don't have to be good at cooking be, everything. <laughs> they don't have to be at extremes of the spectrum. That's true. That's true, Kat. I believe that. That's, that's so <laughs> crazy to me, because I grew up with, obviously, my mom and her four sisters, and everybody can cook anything you want to throw at them. So, and, and and pretty much me and all my cousins can pretty much do the same thing. I don't know why. It must be family thing. But uh, so, like, yeah, this trope is just, I've always just glossed over it. Like, this is just some stupid trope to throw in there. Because I'm like, if anybody can cook anything, I don't see what the difficulty is. Do you guys have trouble cooking at all? Not I really. Mean, like, you I'm just have to learn. And then it's easy. Yeah. I've, I, I've even I'm accidentally learning. skipped a step or an ingredient and still been able to like recover to something still edible enough. It's not bad. <laughs> I've definitely fucked things up, but like, I don't know. It just comes with practice and experience. That's all it is. That's all you need. True. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm good at cooking some things. I'm also shitty at cooking other things. Oh, well, what do you suck at cooking at then? I'm interested. <sighs> like, if it's on the stove, especially if it's like a steak, I'm really bad at cooking steak. I will burn the fuck out of that steak. <laughs> it won't uh, still I'm, have like a raw middle. <laughs> or that. I don't know. Something will happen with that steak. Don't ask me to cook you a steak is my point. <laughs> the only time I run into that is if I use a stove I have never used before and I'm not familiar with it. Okay. Interesting. But if it's but like my stove, I, no problem. All right, so hmm. what else happens after this opening scene? I want to talk about cooking more. No. <laughs> okay, so for <laughs> this really dumb reason, the show just does like this super, super fast culture festival. Yeah. And all it does is show girls in made uniforms, even like Alex is in one with a wig. And that's it. Yeah, that's right. I don't, don't even know why Like they were like, fuck, we got to cover 20 seconds. What do we do? And <laughs> yeah, then it was weird threw that in there maybe it's longer in the manga and they just cut it out i don't know this it was weird did they to have do a cultural culture festival yet no they did just I remember, like the remember festival and stuff okay now i remember one being pretty prominent in the manga from remembering correctly remember so. them doing one yet but yeah it was something about having having to dance with uh ruri i don't know if they cover that or not. i don't know i get confused what i've seen no. in Anime. Okay, so hmm. they did skip a big part. So it turns out it's club time like the next day, and they get kind of worried about Curious Sensei because he's been gone the last couple of days, and they're like, you know, teachers don't usually take a couple of days off. So yeah, they. Yeah, because, you know, they're usually broke as fuck. And all <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, my roommate was a teacher. Yeah, I, they, <laughs> they don't make the greatest salaries over here, or probably over there, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I think it's a little better over there, but I don't think it's by much. Hmm. So they decide like visit him and see, you know, make sure he's okay. So it's mm-hmm. Natsu Rui Miyu who goes to his place, which turns out to be a very fancy uh 
like yeah. apartment building. Mm-hmm. And when they go to his door, they're greeted by like this beauty and glasses at the door. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, oh, is that his girlfriend? We know he's not married. What's going on? So what turns out is Kyria is an author and he had take, taken the time off to meet his deadline. And the glasses beauty was just his editor there, you know, getting the paperwork. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen those great classic uh, anime authors like... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what is his name from Aramanga Sensei? <laughs> elf, well, elf Yamada, classic oh, author, Aramanga yeah. Sensei. <laughs> but it, yeah, it also turns out that, uh, like a lot of artists, they go by a pen name. Uh, artists, mm-hmm. authors, they have a pen name. And his is Yu Hasukawa. And Natsuo is like super fanboy about this author and mm-hmm. just like basically loses his shit for a minute. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, he's Kyria- like, oh, I, I forgive him for fucking my girlfriend because <laughs> I love his work, which I thought was kind of funny. Like, no, he's not the one who fucked his fucked uh, Hina. Yeah, that's isn't Shu. it? No, no, no. He's, okay. he's friends I'm with the guy who did. He's friends yeah. with the guy. Yeah, whoever. What it would have been funny if to is. admit if it was actually the. It would have been funny. Yes, I would have liked that. Yeah, but then like Kira like also recommends that they enter the stories that they're writing for their for the club into a contest through a, a magazine he's affiliated with. And he also says it's a really good idea because, you know, then it'll also put you on the fast track to becoming a, a actual pro author at this point. Yeah. And so, yeah, they, they kind of like react to that. Like, um, isn't like Natsuo like really into it. And Natsuo like- is beside himself about the idea of becoming a pro of becoming a legit author. Basically. Yeah. 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 He's like really, which is excited. interesting. Yeah. yeah. And Ruri is just straight up like, I could care less if I entered or not or whatever. Yeah. Which then, makes sense because yeah, not everyone sense. wants yeah. to be an author. Right, right. It kind of yeah. sucks. Like, But then it's immediately brought up in the next scene because Natsu is just, they're at school. He's still super hyped about this contest and stuff. But then he immediately goes into like teasing uh, Miyu about how she was like kind of gloomy before they got there. But then after they left, she he was like, all she was all like smiles and stuff and she's like well she's uh, like thank god this guy didn't have a girlfriend or a- <laughs> <laughs> so she like elbows him to stop and he falls down the stairs and breaks his leg that was the best <laughs> thing you know what? ever he deserved the fuck out of that oh, now, yes, did. did you see becomes fucking note down here oh yeah whatever, right like he just deserved it like a hundred percent yeah like, you go not gonna lie these felt pretty great to see not so break his leg yes like i almost wish he hadn't though because he ends up getting all these fucking benefits from having his leg broken and i'm he like does. fucking bitch this is supposed to be your karmic punishment no it's to take it only it. leads to more sex shenanigans uh, i was so pissed <laughs> come on you know where this show's going it's not <laughs> it's not wholesome always. You're saying yeah. it was always destined to be a you pile knew. of uh, trash. I'm I'm just saying the next turn of events you knew was just obvious. It was coming. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm and shocked <laughs> that no one has fucked yet. I'm shocked that like he neither of these girls he has the first gotten episode. on. Well, but like neither of these girls after the first episode has like at this point gotten on. I imagined in my head like okay, they're both giving him a bath. They're going to get on top of him and just ride the fuck out of him. He's going to be like, no, we shouldn't. But he's like incapacitated because of his fucking broken leg. But no, none of well, them do it. Well, that kind of, not to the extent, it sort of happens. 
Well, so, I mean, like, sexy things happen, but, like, he doesn't get it in. No. Yeah. So, Rui and Hina basically use his new injury to just basically fawn over him. Like, even the, uh, Hina makes a visit, which she hasn't yet. And then, like, she leaves, and then Rui, like, she's giving him supper, but then, like, uses his immobility to kiss him. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she's like, I'll take really good care of you while you heal. Yeah, and I'll I immediately, immediately, there's a, it's a book at first. Excuse me. It's a book. But they also made a movie. And it's Stephen King's Misery. Have either of you oh, seen this? Oh, yes. I've seen this. This is a fucked up show. You understand where my train of thought went, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Become, did you say you have not? <laughs> I have not seen it. So that's interesting. Oh! Yeah. So, okay, wait. We need to all pause and take this moment to set, to appreciate that so I have that seen a movie seen? That, <laughs> that you have not seen. <laughs> Let it be enshrined yeah, in the halls of history. <laughs> that's a good point, actually. Yeah. it's uh, It was from, is it 1990? I don't know. But anyways, uh, it's so this is what the premise is about. It's okay. The main character is Kathy Bates. This is awesome. Oh, I know this. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So this like in this movie, this famous author, uh, he gets in a car wreck and he's found Mm -hmm. by the uh, the character Kathy Bates plays. But she loves this author and recognizes him. And so she keeps him basically prisoned in his house, in her house, all casted up and won't let him escape because she's so infatuated with him. Yeah. Oh, there's nice. a point where like she it's, breaks his legs yes. like, yep. so he can't yep. get the fuck away. And she she has this like look on her face when she does it. She's like, it's for well, us or whatever. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, you're Kathy Bates always plays these like really happy, super smiley characters. Yeah. And she does that character, but in this role, and it's fucking amazing. It is a great movie. Mm-hmm. I I've mean, seen I that scene before, so I recognize that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, That's I awesome. saw this, and I'm just like, I immediately <laughs> was just like, holy shit, this is misery all over again. So, moving on. Uh, I think me- Rui would be more likely to do that to him. Yeah, honestly. I wouldn't blame Rui for snapping like that at some point. Okay, no, I would Rui's blame obsessed her. obsessed with, with him. Like for sure, she yeah. needs to back the fuck off of him. Rui needs to like stop. She's getting she a does. Little weird. She does. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so Mio at school is of course like really fucking sorry about it. Like you knew this Mio's was coming. at his feet, and She's like one, doesn't one of the guys like make a joke about yeah, how he use should like this. use this? <laughs> and I'm just imagining him be like suck me off or whatever, and it turns into a porn, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but th- that's just a stupid scene. It's just like super quick and it goes away. So we go on to the I next know. one. But I'm you- just telling you, this could be a 12 part porn series. Every single episode of this could just be turned into a porn. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm getting You've to it. You've already done it with the first it. episode. Give you a minute. So okay. we go on to the next scene where if anybody's ever had a cast, I had a friend who had a cast, you know, you can't get it wet while you bathe. You got to like wrap it in a bag or something like that. But have no fear. Taking advantage of the situation, Rui arrives to take care of him. <laughs> take care of him. Naked. <sighs> and Natsu is just a fucking pussy. He's like, turn off the lights. I want to see my ding dong. That was a really weird like I don't want to see my ding dong. I don't want to see my ding dong. And the whole uh, thing, no, it's, that's not it. That's not, I don't think that's what it is. I think he wants to turn off like the lights. It's not like it's already been inside you. No, he's it's, it's like not really that. flustered by like her 
like fucking badass banging body and shit. Well, yeah, that. But the point is he doesn't want to cheat on Hina. And he even says, like, I'm sorry, Hina. Like, I can't do anything to stop. Dude, like, like, he's to- already in yeah. so deep with the debauchery. Just start fucking them both at this point <laughs> is what I say. I mean, he's basically two-timing both of them already. Yeah, like, he, I don't see him being like, you need to stop kissing me whenever she kisses him. So with the yeah, lights off, true. it... I. If you try to wrap your mind around how this happened, but Ruri accidentally grabs his dong while no, trying to find body the body soap. wash. No, I'm just joking. While trying to find the body it. And she and knows she's washing his back. So, like, where his dong would be and where the body wash would be, I don't understand yeah. why they would be that close or how it, she would unless, make that mistake. Unless he has the world's largest dong. <laughs> well, maybe and it just he does. extends, like, way... Like, way out. And if so, I mean, I think she'd remember that. But, like, yeah, the what, face? Yeah, they already fucked. Like you said, she would know how she big does his know that, dick yeah. is. But the face he makes, the, like, the one second, like, Picasso piece of art, like, abstract face. Yeah, you face. couldn't even stick to our sock puppet creatures for a goddamn No, week. I had to change my Discord profile pic to that face, because it's so good. <laughs> it's so stupid. Oh, man, I love it so much. I, like, immediately saw that and immediately changed my profile picture. Like within a few minutes to that, <laughs> yeah. Then she's she's just like blushing afterwards and like looking at her hand. And I'm like, his dick was inside you. What the <laughs> fuck are you fucking blushing about right now? I don't. <laughs> uh, well, you know, people get blushy. So Rui then goes to that damn cafe. I don't even know the name of it, and tells Fumia that Natsu broke his leg and won't be coming over for a while. And he's all like, Oh, he hasn't actually been over for a while. What are you talking about? Which obviously leaves Drury to question Natsu about it later. And he just covers with another flat out lie, which is a terrible idea. And he's like, oh, I've been go- actually been going to Momo's, you know, to help cheer her up and keep her out of her depression, blah, blah, blah. And she buys it at first. And the next day, Natsu uses another lie mm-hmm. and tells Hina he's going to Fumia's apologize, apologize and goes to Hina's instead. And we already know he talked to Fumia yesterday night. To apologize and like work the shit out. Yeah. Uh, oh man. So they're in there. Things are getting hot and heavy. Like they're grinding on fucking each other. He's fucking levering his goddamn quadriceps right up into her fucking vagina through her jeans. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still like so <laughs> boring. Quadriceps into her jeans. It's still like the me. most boring like Dude, white bread scene. It's like scene, one of though. the first moves you learn inadvertently because like you're making out with a girl and then she grinds on you mm-hmm. and then you realize what she's doing and then you kind of reverse the move and I'm just like. <sighs> <laughs> Anyways, they're doing their thing. There's a ring at the doorbell. She's like, "Oh, I must have a delivery." Of course, it's Ruri. She just like I walks love how in. She just comes in and is just silent the whole time. But uh, this could have been a serial killer moment. She could have like taken out a gun or something and just shot them all. And left. <laughs> I have big problems with this scene logistically because Ruri comes in. She sees what's happening, right? Like she's furious. She's like beside herself. She still takes her shoes but off. But she's really oh, she takes her shoes off. <laughs> Dude, I think that's just a, a Japanese thing. I think that's when you look at it and go, this is so 100 percent Japanese and, and thing. Her sister doesn't say a word to nope. her. Well, because her sister knows that, like, uh-oh. But this is the most important part. If you watch this scene, like she goes up to him, she starts crying, whatever. They look at each other for a long time. And then she starts well, to you run. say crying, but she's really hurt. Like her yes. tears in her face is like, she's I'm really, really hurt, hurt yeah, about you lying to yeah. me. 
But yes. she starts to run. She starts sprinting out the door. She does not break stride. She somehow stepped back into her shoes at a full sprint. <laughs> she never stops to put them back on. She just runs straight out the door. Did so she, she really take her shoes off? I don't yes, remember. Yes, she, she, she did. Off. She totally took oh, her shoes God. off. Uh, was she wearing loafers, maybe? Because I could see with loafers. Like, I've shoved some shoes on my feet, like fucking fast and booked it yeah yeah i'll give them the benefit of the doubt that like they just cut the little part where she like shoved her shoes back on or something but like it was so funny in the moment like see i was like did she not put her shoes back on i just on? don't understand why no got, one said anything uh, you think at some point someone would be like let me talk to you about this but no there's uh, nothing to be said Kat. i personally got distracted by what happened next because okay. not so goes home and Fum- <laughs> and he calls fumia and fumia informs him that she did stop by but she's like, oh, but he's like, oh, I'll cover for you. I said you already left. And then, like, you get the scene. You see, like, she drops two umbrellas. And I'm just like, oh, no, getting caught in the rain. The number one killer for the Japanese. <laughs> uh, you expect to see her in, like, the intensive care unit next. That's, like, the next scene. <laughs> yeah, so Natsu eventually finds, like, Ruya in the park. And she tells him after she left Fumius, she went back home. And Natsu still wasn't there. So she got curious, went to his room, looked for clues, found this story about a student fucking falling in love with his teacher. <laughs> it connects the dots. And that's why she ended up going to uh, Hina's fucking place. Ugh. It was funny. He was like covered in mud from like having. So I was He's just like, like imagining in my head all of like the times he fell <laughs> as he was looking for her. And I was enjoying that as well. <laughs> Honestly, Rui is getting to the point where she's kind of stalking him and it's not healthy. Yeah. Like, agreed. She needs to get her? over her like first her? love. Yeah. You're not worried about Nato stalking Hina? Well, I mean, no, because Hina's kind of encouraging it. Hina's like she's definitely not, encouraging it. She gave it. him the key, and Nato like, isn't by accepting the kisses from her. Well, okay, but like, oh, you mean I from Rui? Like yeah. yeah, from Rui. Rui. Hina is like an adult, right? And she is in a better position to be like. Okay, that's I'm another deciding. debate. How much of an adult in the head she is? Well, like I'm deciding <laughs> that this point. is okay with me. Whereas Rui seems to just be fucked up and like not. And just doing dumb things like, oh, I'm going to like find him and stalk him and like go find where he is. Yeah, like that's not a a good frame of mind. So like she wanted to know the truth about what was happening. I I understand why she went to the friend's house and like she said, like she went to just like pick him up. But like also, you know, she wants to figure out like, is he really telling the truth? Well, no, I'm not saying it's bad that like she felt this way. I'm just saying it's not healthy that she felt that she had to do this. She's getting into like some dangerous territory here. Like she really needs to step back. And And, like, he tells her like straight out, like, no, I love Pina. I've loved her for a long time. And she's like, like since before we moved in together. And he's like, yeah. So like this point, if she was like logically thinking she should probably just back off. And Which like, she strikes me yeah. as a logical character. Normally. Somewhat. Yeah, yeah. She's a little weird, but she's in love. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, well. But speaking of illogical fucking characters, let's talk about the next show, Kaguya-sama. Cat, please tell oh, me you had God. problems with this episode. <laughs> so, I've never heard of people fighting about a piece of cake for an hour. This is... <laughs> That was so ridiculous. That was so ridiculous. I can't imagine Big just sitting there for an hour. Like you sits there in that room for an hour as they're holding this plate. You think that they would? He would leave. 
Yeah, like, I would not be able to handle it after, like, two minutes at the longest. Yeah, so they reconcile, like, so Kaguya and Miyuki, like, they've reconciled after this bed incident. The great bed incident of episode nine, apparently. I hate this episode. But Kaguya was still, I mean, I understood kind of, like, that Kaguya was still pissed. And, like, I feel like, okay, sometimes it takes you a while to get over something right. Like, yeah. even if you know in your head that you like you've talked about, like, I get that. I'm a grudge holder. I'm I'm fucking notorious grudge. Holder. <laughs> I get it. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I I believe that 110 <laughs> <laughs> percent. See, no, I get that part of it. I'm fine with her still being upset. I'm just not OK with the reason that she is mad at him. <laughs> you, she's okay. mad at him because he didn't sexually assault her. Like that's well, why she's mad. I think that, she's that, mad. Is, like she's conflicted, mad. So she's mad yeah. partly because he didn't sexually assault her, and she's also mad partly because he may have sexually assaulted her. This, this yeah, is the thing. Exactly. She she wanted him to, but they their 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 main problem is they haven't verbally told each other. I would be okay if you did do things to me, right? And in her head, she's like, "I want you to," but then like you're looking at it become like. Oh, it, well, it's sexual assault because then he didn't have the permission. From his point of view, it would have been. But from her point of view, she would have wanted it. And also, when I think about it from Kaguya's point of view, she knows, like, literally nothing be about sex besides what Chika has told her. Yeah. So and basically, if they just yeah. fucking sat down and told each other what they'd like about each other, it'd be fine. Well, yeah. But if she – basically, what I think she probably would have wanted to happen was for him yeah. to, like – kiss her on the forehead or something like that's probably what she wanted to have happened i think, I'm sorry. Leo, I think leo's had an emergency with his cat i had to yell at my cat she was fucking <laughs> in a door frame doing their scratching shit i uh, totally recognize I the like to get my, off. <laughs> my pet is doing a bad thing voice i'm sitting here and just <laughs> oh my god damn it <laughs> So anyway, I, mean, yeah, I understand what Kaguya like probably wanted. She probably wanted something really innocent and romantic to happen, but like just after the whole episode with like the maid being like, "You'll be alone. It'll be soundproof," and then like this, it's just like, "All right, that, come on." That's a little, yeah. But she also is aware of Kaguya's uh, thoughts. Mm-hmm. But still, yeah, it's it's. I I know why you think it's fucked up, but it's right. Man, Ideally, so, he would have like so gotten weird. into bed with her and been like, "I've loved you this whole time, and <laughs> we will now make love. Is this okay with you?" And she would have been like, "Ah," and that that would have been the scene. I think that's what she wanted. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I guess I don't know. So yeah, they they there are two pieces of cake that are put in the office room. I guess by this like well-meaning like worker who's like oh i see these kids they're working late like yeah, i'm gonna give the them principal. cake yeah which don't there was some excuse or reasoning but it's not that important yeah and so of course you being a selfish little bitch because he kind of is sometimes like i like you but sometimes he's a little thoughtless so he takes it and he's like "Ooh, i'm gonna eat this piece of cake and then there's only one and, like, apparently both of them want it, Miyuki and Kag- Kaguya, but their, like, response is to make the other person eat it instead of themselves mm-hmm. um, and just fight about it for an hour. Literally an hour. Dumb. Literally an hour. Um, and then at one point, Kag- they just get ridiculous with it. Like, at one point, Kaguya is like, prove that the cake isn't sentient. It wants you to eat it. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you? doing <laughs> you know that's so funny because Bcom and i literally had a conversation once about what's sentient and what's isn't oh yeah 
<laughs> oh, I mean, boy. it is interesting to think about, but like that's not something you bring up at a student camp, like a like a school function. That's something you bring up while high or drunk in a Discord chat. I mean, I've had that conversation. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> but but not at, at in a professional setting. Um, then again, at this point, like the oh yeah, are don't off. we have plans now to feed cat an edible and just. Yeah, <laughs> take stock of her thoughts. <laughs> Just see, see what happens. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I would do that with you. But yeah, okay. So, and then at one point they talk about their memories of when they first met. And so Miyuki is like, "The day I met you, I said to you, like he has this like flashback scene, and he says to her face, your eyes are lifeless.' <laughs> yeah." Like, what were you thinking of or something? And I'm like, you said that to her face? Did you want to die? <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Talk about getting off of the wrong foot. I know. Who, who looks at someone and is like, your eyes are lifeless. What are you thinking? Like, what? A serial killer says that. <laughs> um, and she says something like, I was thinking of cake. Well, he's like, so, he was wondering if she liked anything at all. And she's like, like. I guess I like shortcake. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no. So that's how he's like, you like cake. And so I want you to eat this cake. Um, And she's touched by this. And she like turns aside so he can't see that she's touched by it. And then she remembers this like other scene from last Christmas where he tells her in confidence that he's never eaten Christmas cake because like his family's poor and all this bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, and she and he's also touched that she remembers this. And I'm kind of like, oh, honey, you don't want to eat Christmas cake. Christmas <laughs> cake is full of dried fruits <laughs> and is terrible. You, you know, you I've that. never experienced one, but I've only heard bad things about it. <laughs> it's not even that it's that bad. It's just like of all of the things that you could eat on Christmas, like there's so many better things. Well, you guys are talking, are you guys talking about Japanese Christmas cakes? Because I think they're different. Like, there's all sorts of Japanese Christmas cakes, yeah. I have no idea what the Japanese people do with Christmas cakes. I mean, but obviously it's wrong, because we're the ones who made them. (laughs) So, (laughs) we are the correct Christmas cake. (laughs) Sure we are. And American Christmas cake is full of, like, the red and green cherry things. Yeah. And it's made in the mold of a pound cake. (laughs) <laughs> and it jiggles slightly when you pick it up. I do not like those at all. <laughs> <laughs> that is a Christmas pound cake. Uh, and it's not that great. Um, then they fight about, they're like, well, I guess we'll feed it to each other. And I'm like, how have you somehow backed yourself into this excruciating, like, lovey-dovey behavior that is so sickening, and you only <laughs> see it in, like, middle school kids who, like, are with their first boyfriend? And have you seen that in middle school? Or, like, watched little kids do this shit with each other where they're oh, like, sure, oh, yeah. open your mouth. And then, oh, God. <laughs> they have no idea what the fuck they're doing. And yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what? You're in high school. You're supposed to be past this. Um, and it almost looks like a wedding. Like, <laughs> when they, and I'm like, stop. And, and luckily at this point, Chica comes in and fucking saves them and just eats it all herself. Because <laughs> thank God this needed to end. It really um, did need to end. <laughs> yes. The next skit is basically an extension. They both are asking different people for advice on making up because they're both in this fight. Uh, this is the this is their ongoing scheme they keep doing. They're mm-hmm. whatever. I fucking hate it. 
It's what well, I hate I, the most about us. I hate it's that so you old. like basically became like a fucking incel in this scene. <laughs> like, oh, I know. It was weird. And like, it was weird. Somehow Miyuki asked you for advice, which is the worst thing he could ever do. I don't know why he thought that was a good idea. Maybe the worst judgment I've seen Miyuki ever um, show. And <laughs> you just goes on and on about like how... Oh, I know all about video games and and like he's explaining like what uh Kaguya has done and you was like, "Oh, she sounds like a terrible character and I hate her and da 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 and she probably rubbed one out when that guy left." And I'm like, "What? <laughs> Did he just say that?" I thought it was epic. <laughs> I was amazed. I was like, "Wow." Um whereas I mean, Kaguya's conversation is much more tame. Right. Uh, it's interesting, in my opinion, that Miyuki still felt guilty, whereas Kaguya felt more like, yeah, I should be angry, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it made me think, in this instance, combined with a few other of the instances, that it's probably going to end up being Miyuki who gives in and like bends a little bit to make this relationship work, in my opinion. Most likely, yeah. Um. But yeah, he the way they finally solve it after they do this dumb back and forth with their friends is that Miyuki goes up to her and is like, I confess, I did touch you with my finger on your lips. I'm sorry. <laughs> and she's like, oh, and then she like <sighs> touches his lips. And then they, she's like, we're even now. And then it seems like to satisfy her because she's like, he did want to touch me. Ooh, I feel better. <sighs> Like, see, that's what she wanted. She wanted him to, like, run his fingers through her hair or, like, touch her lip or, or like, something like that. Like, she or didn't just, actually like, want anything more her. than that. Yeah. yeah. Or just, just show that he Cuddle. desired her in some way. Yeah. But it just comes off so creepily that I was just like, oh, can we, do we have to? Because, like, if you think about it, like... I don't know. I'm not going to get into this whole argument how, like, Kaguya is potentially, like, encouraging guys to think that, like, if you're if girls are unconscious, like, they actually want you to do something with them because, like, that's fucked. But, like, that's where my head was going during this episode. And I was like, all right, can we could they have made this, like, a bit clearer about, like, what she actually wanted? They, they definitely yeah. could have done a better job, but it's, it wasn't the worst thing. It wasn't I mean, the I've worst thing ever. Worse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they have this tiny skit where basically they all want to go on summer break and they have to decide where to go. And he, Miyuki is afraid for his own pride's sake to bring it up because he's like, if I bring it up and it fails, then it's on me and I'm not letting it be on me. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, this is the skit I was specifically talking about. Fucking, oh, my God. They got to so, stop it. It's getting old. <laughs> yeah. And then Miyuki tries to get Chika to bring it up instead, but Chika's like, I'm going to Hawaii. And Kaguya's like <laughs> spaced out this entire skit. She's like, I have given up on life. I don't need to be a part of this. I know it's not going to end well. Um, <laughs> and they decide finally, after debating and debating, that they should go to the festival together. But then Chica's like, but that week I'm going to Spain for the tomato festival. <laughs> you can't go without me, then I'll be upset. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And I looked up, this is a thing in Spain. This is an actual thing. Yeah. They have a thing called the tomato festival. Basically, hundreds of years ago, some idiot in a festival got angry that his float like broke. <laughs> And found a tomato cart and started throwing tomatoes at people. 
And other people, this is literally how the tomato festival in Spain started. I looked this shit up. <laughs> other people got angry and were like, what? And started also throwing tomatoes. And then they made it a tradition. And now it's just a huge thing of people out in the middle of the street yeah, in Spain. So, that's awesome. Throwing tomatoes at each other. People running around covered in red like it's a massacre. Just tomatoes <laughs> so, everywhere. It's Leo's called favorite the, festival. <laughs> yeah, it's called the La Tomatina. It's a oh, festival cool. that's held in the Valencian town of Buno in the east I'm of Spain. I'm going to this. 19 miles from the Mediterranean, in cool. which participants throw tomatoes and get involved in a tomato fight purely for entertainment purposes. And since 1945, 1945 it has been held on the last Wednesday of August during a week of festivities. That sounds awesome. That sounds it's really amazing. fun. I am doing this one year, and when I do it, I'm going to post pictures of myself covered in tomato in the Discord, okay, and just so be like, I did if you, it. If you want to go this year, it'll be August 28th. If you want to go 2020, it'll be August 26th. Or if you want to go 2021, it'll be August 25th. Thank I'm you. doing it. I'm telling you. I'm doing it. Go. This is a vow. I will do this in my lifetime. There's no way I can't, I can't do it. I have to do it. Sounds good. All right, you cool. know I'm you know I'm gonna make a bad period joke, right? Oh no! I'm, I mean, <laughs> if you must, I don't know. I might not. <laughs> yeah, the only other thing about this episode, I got I got angry at like you when in that second skit when he was like just talking shit about like Kaguya about like oh like her being sick is like no excuse like she should like she like invited you into her bed like who cares if she was like out of it and unconscious i was just like you come the fuck down like they just went a little too far with that bullshit like i get why it's supposed to be funny but like they went way too far with it and i was just like calm the fuck down show i don't know they did and, a yeah, bit that whole last yeah. skit i kind of agree with leo on that was just boring and sort of repetitive as well so not not Kaguya's yeah. best episode. Well, the, the final skit, what it really gave us was the Tomato Festival. That <laughs> yeah, in itself redeems it. But we have it was, goals in life now. That's great. Yeah. Thank you, Kaguya. <laughs> thank, no, actually, thank you, Chica. Let's remember, Chica is the one who gave us the Tomato Festival. I never thought at the beginning of the season I would hear Kat just thanking Chica. You know. <laughs> But it sounds well, so that, sweet to my ears. She's also the answer to the some of these dumb skits to finally end. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> they need her sometimes. They need yeah. her to come in and stop the madness. <laughs> Ooh, All right, madness. You know, let's finish this off with Dororo. I guess yeah. that could be Dororo a little bit. So, episode 10 of 24, the story of Tahomaru. Yes. Uh, we open with a calm and serene and peaceful view of a lake. <laughs> and then you notice that there's ships that have been torn to pieces. Well, they're kind of boats. And that a man is swimming for a piece to hold on to, though he, even though he's missing part of uh, one of his lower legs. And then the no fucks to give demon creates a whirlpool to suck the man into its mouth. <laughs> yeah. I think it's pretty safe to say this won't, we won't have to worry about the, uh, if this one deserves a redemption or not? <laughs> no, uh, probably not. 
<laughs> yeah, fuck this guy. Okay, this so, demon sucks. <laughs> so, like, you see the monster from the very beginning. Did anyone else just get really hungry for crab this entire episode? Oh, when when uh, Tahomaro <laughs> slices open its claw and I could see the meat, I was like, oh, oh I, I gotta know, go eat crab some crab. Meat. And I, I immediately out. thought I need some butter. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh my god, like that looks so good. And I just kept thinking, like, imagine if they killed this thing and it's just laying there and they're like well let's eat it and they just crack it open can you imagine how delicious that would be like you wouldn't have to like fight for the meat it would just so, be so much i have never said i don't actually had like crab crab but i've had lobster so i still got oh, like no. kind of crab the same effect crab is okay. better than lobster it's more okay. sweet although i'm like i don't know like i used to think just plain crab was good and then I was introduced to curried crab, which is also really fucking Ooh, good. That sounds great. And and now I can't decide which I like better. And uh, now I just want fucking crab. Cat just wants crabs. <laughs> you heard it, boys. Oh god. <laughs> All right, Leo. Uh, okay. Keep going. Go on, Leo. All right, let's finish this up. Yeah. Uh, Diago, he kind of gets a lot of bad news all at once. Diego, not Diago. Diago, <laughs> Diego. Damn it. First, they haven't had rain for like two months, and the crops are failing, of course. And then, like, the neighboring kingdom has been slowly building their army at its border. He then goes to, like, the Hell Hall, as they call it, to find, like, more of the demon statues split. And, like, he demands. They tell him what is the fuck is going on. And then, like, they shoot in, like, this beam of light. And it has, like, a neat effect where it's, like, hitting the floor and, like kind of sparking on it. Yeah. But then this beam of light, he gets a vision of like Hiyakimaru and he sees him just like kind of standing there and he's like, shit, he's fucking alive. And then, uh, Tahoramaru, is that right? Yeah. Tahomaru. Mm-hmm. Tahoramaru. He's up to something at this point. We don't know yet. And he tells his like two subor- subordinates not to let his family know what he is up to. And uh, his two subordinates, it's one male and one female. Yeah, Mutsu and Hyogo. Okay. They're very obedient. They are. Because uh, later on they say brothers, but that could just be refor- referring to like the uh, yeah, society. Yeah, I think, I think Mutsu is female. Of- but, you know, given Dororo, I'm not sure about anything anymore. I don't know. Let's ask our expert cat. <laughs> oh no, you're not getting. I I feel like she looks female, but I just don't fucking know. Let's, yeah, they call yeah, themselves so, brothers, but that just might be like a brotherhood of the sword or something. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of what I was thinking when they said that. So there's just there's just a super quick scene, which uh, it's Hiyakimaru defeating like just a, some random beast. He gets blood on himself, and then Dora's like, "Shit, I gotta wash this." He's washing this, so he Hiyakimaru is naked. But then he sees he has a talisman, which has like a uh, family crest on it. Mm-hmm. And she specifically says, oh, is that a family crest? And then you're just like, okay, I know exactly where this is going. We immediately go back to uh, Toyomaru, who had the guy that Diago chose to search for the baby. Yeah. Uh, and the midwife searching for them. And they drugged him with like a true serum. He asked his, he asked like, you know, what was the special order from my father? And then he asked, why is he searching for a baby from 16 years ago? He think he's pretty sure there's a connection between his mother worshiping the, uh, 
The baby statue, like the the headless. The or headless. Whatever. The headless yeah. statue. Yes, is what he calls it. Uh, he doesn't get an answer to the last question because he bites his tongue, like, and he can't say anymore. So then he goes straight to his father to ask why he's searching for the baby. Diago is like. Fuck you and the horse you literally fucking rode in on. Because I ain't telling, bitches. Mm -hmm. And then so... Snitches get stitches. And so so moody teenage angst Tomaru rides off without his answer. So I Uh, laughed in between this and the next part. Like, uh... He goes off to this place where he always like ran away when he was a little kid. You're you're right. It's yeah. <laughs> and his retainers, like the Mutsu and Hyogo, they they follow him, and he's like, "I'm surprised you found me here." And then their <laughs> response had me laughing so loud because he was like, "They're like, you came here like literally every time you were sad as a kid, and we <laughs> followed you, you literally every time." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "They're fed up with this kid's poopy ass a little bit." <laughs> that was funny. I like that. So you're like, while well, he's a nice kid not too bright exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah so while he's brooding about his father uh tomorrow notices a commotion in the village and investigates the villagers are pleading with the passing soldiers to do something about the monster in the lake tomorrow says he will defeat the monster and sets out with like i think about four or five boats and and he's got soldiers in them but he's also got like a villager each boat to man it Mm-hmm. Uh, they end up coming across the monster who creates a whirlpool, but they tied their ropes to the trees, to the trees in the boats. And uh, I really liked how the detail in the rope was because they put multiple loops. So as soon as the monster started pulling them in, they could immediately loop it onto like the, uh, it wouldn't be the mast. It would be the front part of the ship to immediately hold them right there. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool. There's a lot of detail in here, but then there's a big one that they miss at the end, which I caught easily. Uh, So that was really cool. And the whirlpool is not working for this monster. So the monster used, he turns out to be a giant crab. (laughs) (laughs) He uses his pincers. He like picks up one guy. Did he eat him or did he barely manage to escape? I don't remember. I think he got that guy. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's not important, but... Uh, and so apparently fighting monsters or just fighting in general comes naturally to this family because like Toemaru cuts off one of like the pincers like he's just a fucking badass just like uh, Hiyakimaru is. I guess all that sword training has actually paid off a little bit. Yeah. 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 And then like his male bodyguard just bashes away at the guy with like he's got this club thing. I, I tried to look at that briefly. I don't know the exact name of this weapon. Yeah, I don't know what it was either. I think I've seen it before. I don't know how legit it is. And like the female bodyguards, like she's shooting arrows and stuff. And then they eventually cause the monster to retreat back in the water, but it hasn't completely given up yet. It's a shame because it was actually a pretty smart plan that they had, like to drain the pond and like get it on dry land and everything. Okay, yeah. I'm getting it, to that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that comes after this part because this is where he like sinks back in the water and like pokes holes. Yeah, so like, oh, that's yeah, yeah. Okay. so like yeah. the monsters like starts poking holes in the boats, <laughs> and they're like, "Shit, we gotta get out before he does this." So they retreat back to land. They like they grab their ropes and pull themselves back. And so he goes back up to his uh uh quote thinking cliff or <laughs> thinking or, cliff or or, bro- or brooding cliff emo whatever cliff. you want to call yeah, his, the his emo, emo cliff, cliff. <laughs> <laughs> and up there like he asks his like male bodyguard to hold him up and he notices so there's one large central lake like humongous 
But it's got like smaller pond, lakeish likes around mm-hmm. it. He connects one that's right up against the lake, and then another one that is right behind it. So he creates channels between the lake, the first pond, and the second pond. He then drains. He he sets up gates between these also. He then drains the second pond and lures the monster in the first pond and then slams that gate shut and then opens the other gate, which drains it into the second and drains it completely out. Mm -hmm. So now he has them on, I say dry land, but it's not dry land. And basically they start off, they're fucking destroying this guy, but he's he's fairly smart. So he starts picking up boulders and throwing them at that gate to the lake. He does eventually break it, and like the water rushes in, and uh, like you see, what's his name? Shogo, the male bodyguard. The male bodyguard. He's like superhuman. He's throwing dudes (laughs) up on shore, one armed. That was so ridiculous. Like there's a whirlpool (laughs) of water. Better get these guys up here. They're gonna drown. Like so insane. Yeah, and then he like eventually gets caught in the dude, the the demon's mouth. But like he's holding it open. It's, yeah, he's he's super strong. There's no way, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then like Hiyaki Mario jumps in to save him, and then just out of nowhere, uh, Do- uh not Doro, who Hiyaki Hiyaki Mario. Mario, yeah. yeah, jumps in to save him, and then uh, like slices it, slices it open and kills the thing, and then like after that they're like who are you? And then that's just kind of where the episode ends. Mm-hmm. But and they kind of I, stare at each other awkwardly for a minute. It's dramatically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure that, uh, uh, Maru has an idea who this guy is. So that's kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause he's like, it's just a close up of the, of the sword arms and everything. They also do a shot where they look at, uh, Yakimaru's pendant again, mm-hmm. and then immediately go to Daigo, Daigo. Or, and you see the exact same symbol on this robe. Yep. So like, like we knew, but it's just like a reconfirmation. But there's like, there's everything in here makes so much sense except for one thing, mm-hmm. which I know from personal experience. So, uh, they drain a pond, and I actually grew up right next to a. I guess it's a lake. Uh, but at one point, they had to drain it to install a new spillway. Mm-hmm. And when they did... Do you mean did, a swale? Or a, or a spillway. So, like, when the the lake rises to a certain point, it overflows. Like, so they used to have a... It was just this, like this really rough-made concrete low point. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a flowed. swale. That's that's a swale. I've never heard that. I've never heard that term, but that's interesting. I had a swale in my backyard growing up. Hmm. Yeah, it was just a low point that flowed into a creek once the lake got to a certain height. Yeah, well, you could get down there on your bare uh, bare uh, bare feet and just crawl in there and get crawdads out there. <laughs> no, no, this was above ground. Hmm? Oh, okay. So it's a little yeah, different. this was a spillway. This was above ground, and I remember it because because the water was usually flowing. It, it would get mossy and I would like surf on it with my feet Oh, nice! <laughs> for fun. So like, yeah, they, they like kind of dam that part up and then they cut away in like the dam itself, which was just like a regular earth dam. And what they did is they installed a, uh, I think this is what you're thinking about 
a underground concrete tunnel and yeah. then a large uh, concrete tower in the middle of the lake. So while it was drained, me and my younger brother, we uh, walked around it. Well, you could walk around the edge, but every few feet in, it would become super muddy. Oh. And like it inst and like just crazy muddy. I'm talking like I literally like was like looking in a little bit and from one step to the other, and these were cautious steps, from one step to the other, I sunk immediately down to my knee. <laughs> yeah. And lost lost the boot I had. I walked back home with one boot on. So, so basically, like, the crab probably would have been fine, but they would have been fucked. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but like I'm saying, like there's landing. I'm like, nah, they're sunk up to the goddamn waist. There's no way they could do this. <laughs> Is immediately what it made me think of. But I just thought it, I thought it was kind of funny. That's funny. Yeah, it was a smart <laughs> idea. But you're right. In reality, they would have that wouldn't have. That's been what would have happened. It, it was yeah. like 100 percent correct until the moment the. Uh, Two guys, and then eventually some of the other guys jumped in because it, and it's interesting because the edges were drier, mm-hmm. but you got to think it's the lake and ponds are a bowl. Right. So the rest of the water just drains inwards as it slowly dries. Well, the scene would not so. have been as cool if Tahumara was like flailing around like waist deep in mud. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, that was the thing. I love the attention, the detail they gave to like right. the ropes on the boats and then just building that scenario they were in and then just dropping it like mm-hmm. that. I was like, Arr! You guys, you guys, I was like, you guys were so fucking nailing it. Nailing it <laughs> until that you didn't one think about point, that. Well, that they could have even point. just done something like else to just well, a little detail to be like, this way they won't sink in the mud or something. Well, up to that point, they probably didn't really think about that. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. everybody's probably, most people walk, uh, waded into a pond or a lake. You know, you sink a little, but not a lot. Right, but yeah, man, not, when it's drained, and you get into there. the deeper portions, oh, yeah, you, it's it's not even quicksand. It's just like you're just walking, and then your leg just goes, whoop, and <laughs> next thing you know, there's mud on your upper thigh, and it's the suction is insane. Which is like I was trying, trying, and. Finally got my goddamn leg out. So you basically, you almost died in a sinkhole. I didn't even try to get my boot. I knew there was no way I could stick my arm in there, grab it, and actually have the physical strength to pull it out. Mm-hmm. You got to think my thighs are stronger than my upper body. There's yeah. no way I was pulling it out <laughs> from what it took to get my arm, my leg out. So, <laughs> yeah, oh, just damn. something from a unique experience. I know that like wouldn't have been feasible. That's cool. Yeah, that that's really cool. Actually, that's to think about. <laughs> the, well, the oh, sorry, uh, not to go on a tangent, but one of the cool things was you know a lake strained all the shit you see on the inside. Like oh, I yeah. only saw, I saw I think two boats, uh, a bunch of dead trees, more <laughs> than often than not a bunch of logs, and I actually saw a beaver den. Oh wow! Underneath, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was cool. cool. So that's that, crazy. that uh, oh, other than that. So much goddamn pollution. There were so many goddamn cans of like Pepsi from 1980. Fucking Indiana. There are a lot of lakes and stuff in Indiana where both Leo and I live that like they tell you not to get in, even though they let you kayak on it because they're like, you could get a rash. Mm -hmm. Like you could legit like 
like don't go in there. <laughs> Everyone does it anyway. Oh my god. Like there are there are years where they're like there's staff oh, infection in this, the lake. Don't go in. <laughs> oh, this is the same lake that like had a dock that was at a uh uh f- damn 50 degree decline that we would ride our bikes down into the lake. <laughs> oh damn. That sounds like such a bad idea. Why would you ever be like let's ride our because bikes? Because I was like 14. Into the lake. I don't give a shit. <laughs> well, okay, so like it's not as it's it's about the level of stupid that I used to go to the very top of high hills when I was young. And be like, I'm gonna speed down this on my bike, and I did that. And then one day I don't there was even want to tell you the ramps I used to build during winter and sled off of on that <laughs> goddamn dam. I legit one time went off one of them on a snowboard, and I may have fucked up something in my back. <laughs> yeah, one time when I went down a hill like that on my bike. I didn't I didn't realize until I was halfway down the hill there's a car parked at the end of the hill. I couldn't fucking stop. Ran right into it with my bike. Flipped over, landed on top of the car. That was not good. Holy shit. <laughs> be, be calm, reel us in. We're not even talking about anime. I know, I was like I, I really I need to get We're going. Like, I, I like good actually times. Re- I actually have a thing to say about Dora. <laughs> I've been waiting for like, like 10 good minutes. Good times in Hickville, <laughs> USA. So one I thing I really liked about, about this episode is that Tahomaru, <laughs> they took the time to actually make him like a person. Like where yeah. he's not just he like a big part of his character up to now has been like trying to find the approval of his father. We get that. But also he has his own code of honor. Like when he comes across that village, he wants to help them. Like he yells at his father's soldiers for saying like, Oh, we should just leave these people to be attacked by this monster. He's like, no, I'm going to like do what I can to take care of this on the flip side of that. He also believes that since he's Daigo's son, that he's kind of like, uh, like I don't know, like divinely chosen to be this hero. Uh, we spoiled. I, yeah, I think that's going to get him in trouble because he's like, "Oh, I'm Daigo's son. Look at the the land that's been filled with the rice paddies are full, and like everybody's happy." And it's like he doesn't know his father has made a deal with the devil to bring that about. You are right. There was very good character development. With yeah, all yeah. That. So yeah, I, I was, was very good. happy with that. And I liked Mutsu and Hyogo as well, and so I was. I was I generally, I genuinely like Tahomaru as a person now, even though I think I see how his downfall might come about in a later episode. Oh, yeah. Now yeah. that they've got us to like him slightly, now it's time for him to die. That's the way it goes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. All right. Before we start talking about fucking Indiana anymore, we got to end this episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to hours of talk about mud oh, and puns. Shit. Uh, remember to like, follow, and subscribe to us on YouTube to get any updates on the new podcast or videos. Uh, you can also find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. And follow us on Twitter at Nerdim and Other for updates on the podcast coming out. Uh, also, come hang out with us on Discord. There's a link in the description if you want to join us and see pictures of cat covered in tomatoes. Um, yeah. Eventually. Or, uh, or <laughs> Promise Neverland memes. <laughs> and with that, we will see you next time. See ya. Yeah. Bye. Later.